0: This week's episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Get 10% of your first order at squarespace.com cooptional co-optional. Create your own professional-looking website with no prior knowledge required at squarespace.com cooptional co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 18th. I'm sorry for the delay. We were supposed to go live yesterday and, well, a lot of us were kind of busy. Uh, so it didn't really work out. And so was busy guys. today. Yeah, Dodger just isn't here. So, I mean, we've just failed completely as a show this week you have my apologies oh, well. there is Didn't one pass. little little upside though uh silver lining on this dark cloud of horrible misery and that's of course one and only mr pro jared who is not busy with his D D show today welcome to the show right? yeah. yeah we've been trying we to get be. you back on for months i uh, know <laughs> unfortunately our, our live streams keep clashing so it wasn't going to happen thankfully since we
1: moved it this week hey problem solved glad to be here it's been like two years since i've been on the show or something like that
0: i think it has actually yeah so the last time we actually were part of a stream had nothing to do with this show it was a a panel that we did at momocon last year that we were sort of roped into i feel like everyone else on the panel was also feeling like they were roped into it because they were a little um quiet let's just keep let's put it that way was mostly the jared and tv show with backing band at that point it made for a good show it did it, it, <laughs> it was mostly just a shitting on things and then occasional <laughs> like awkward laughter from the other people. It's like why am i here with these people what happened it was good today's episode is sponsored by squarespace.com slash co-optional get 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash co-optional i'll tell you a little bit more about that later
2: mm-hmm. oh oh yeah no yeah totally yes. well. actually if you ever want to go take a look at jessicax.com again we've been updating it to like make it not look like crap before i made a website for the first time ever looked like crap but i still made one thanks to squarespace now it's getting a little bit better thank there you very God. much
0: even this idiot can make a website using squarespace
2: <laughs> fact fact and truth Indeed. thank you
0: very much no doubt about it welcome to the co podcast we do occasionally talk about video games we're going to be talking quite a bit about Nintendo Switch again today because, of course, uh, two things happened. One, the press conference. Two, Pro Jared was at the press conference and also got his hands on with the damn machine and yeah. interviewed Mr. Reggie as well. So, if there was more of an expert that we could have found for this show, I don't know where that person would be and I probably wouldn't trust them anyway. So, we'll be milking Jared for everything he's worth later in the show.
1: Yes, finally.
0: Indeed. And if we have time, Mr. Gabe Newell, of course, did his AMA on Reddit, which probably got more attention than Obama's AMA at this point. Like, uh, Certainly a mythical figure. Uh, he had some interesting answers, let me put it that way. So if we have time in the show, we'll be talking about that, because that brings up a whole host of really cool topics to discuss so that's great but we usually start the show and drag out about two thirds of it by talking about the games we've been playing this week which <laughs> is exactly what we're going to do let's start with you mr pro jared we'll keep the switch stuff till a little bit later so let's talk about the stuff you've been playing it's not on the brand new fancy machine that none of us got to touch because we're not trusted wow. with
1: it no. uh honestly not a whole lot I usually try to spend my January's catching up on games I wasn't able to play or finish up within Mm -hmm. the last year. So I finally got to play some more uh, Bravely Second Ah. uh, end layer on 3DS. Still immediately enjoyed it again right away. And aside from that, I've been playing the new 3.5 patch for Final Fantasy XIV, one of my favorite MMOs of recent memory. Very
0: cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Bravely Second, actually. Brave I was about is, to
1: say, yeah.
0: Bravely Default was a surprising hit in the West. I mean, love you got, Default. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, you got what's basically like an old school JRPG Square style, and if I recall correctly, they were very timid about releasing it in the states.
1: They were, and it did awesome. Like it was hugely successful. I've got a chance and- to
0: play it. Uh, could you uh, Can you tell me a little bit, one, about Brave the Default? Uh, because one, what the hell is that title? Um, I heard it was tied into some game mechanic or something like that. Yeah, uh,
1: so it's actually uh, tied into the game mechanics of the game, where it's it's a turn-based RPG where you choose all your characters' actions, and then you hit go, and then you'll see the actions play out, much like the original Final Fantasy games before Active Time Battles became the thing. Okay. The only what you could do is you can uh, stack up your character actions So they can do more than one in a single turn. That's called braving. So instead of doing one fight, you can uh, have them brave four times and then you can have them fight twice, cast a spell and then do a special move after that. However, but then they have like an action deficit and every turn they can't do a thing until they get back up to neutral. And then default is just defending. So you just defend and block a bunch of damage, but that gives you a bonus action point. So you gotta switch between the two to build up uh, being able to throw out a bunch of moves in one go, or uh, defending until you're ready to do that, et cetera. So that's why it's called Bradley default just because it ties into that. It's actually they bring it up within the world too. It's not just like a game mechanic thing. It's actually within the lore of the game itself. Other than that, it plays very much like Final <laughs> Fantasy uh, 3 is the best one I can tie it to, turn base. Job system, you're getting job points, you're getting experience points, you can cross-class skills, lots of customization, super fun. Awesome.
0: It definitely sounds like a bit of a time sink. What about the second one? Uh, have they gone with well, m- mostly the same sort of thing? Oh, sorry, Jesse, go ahead.
2: I was, I was going to say uh, two things. One, if you've played Hearthstone and you've played a Shaman, it's kind of like that, where you're like, Oh, with the uh, overload mechanic? I drop some really cool abilities, but I'm blocking off things I can do later. So it's okay. kind of like, it's not is about as close as I can get to describing it. But then secondly, and I'm really curious because before we move on to the second game, uh, Jared, what do you think about the second half of the first game? Because that is like okay. a big <laughs> contention point with everyone who's played it. Like I love that game. Like, I think it might be one of my favorite games up to that point. And then it's just
1: like an okay game. Right. And I agree. And I got to the point where, so for those who don't know what happens within the this. Without spoiling too much, within the context of the game, you basically more or less go into a time loop. And you're like revisiting the same areas and fighting the same bosses. They get like a little bit harder each time and there's dialogue and changes. Even the characters are consciously aware like, oh, we're doing this again. Why is this Mm -hmm. happening? But because of that, you literally play the same part of the game like four times in a row. It can go by quick and there's just a crap ton of side bosses. I don't know, but you just see. Yeah, I got to the point where I just skipped all the side bosses. I didn't care anymore. It's like I don't. Even, I don't even want to hear what they have to say. I'm just gonna do the yeah. four main ones. Just we'll do the next time loop. That part sucks. However, the way that built up to the whole ending, I thought was great. Like I was really surprised at how they built into the ending, and they did like really a lot of really cool meta things uh, with within that.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a weird kind of. I think because lately I've played so many western rpgs that i forget that i i mean like even i am like all i am set soon all these games that are jrpgs or, or that spirit there's slogs in those games they always get to the point where it's like all right you've done story now go do the exact same crap or fight bosses or yeah. go walk around a big open world for a while and it's way different than what i've come to expect lately so when it happens i'm like oh my god are you kidding me but then i always forget most JRPGs have that moment where like every, all that bullshit you did do though, man, that's gonna build to like a real yeah, satisfying yeah. ending. And I always forget that. And so, yeah, it's a game that I love, but at the same time, boy, like I don't know that I could ever go
1: back and play it again. Because I agree, I agree. So with the second game, it's more or less a lot of the same. They did do some tweaks in there to uh, really enhance the experience where basically if you go into a random battle and you one shot the enemy team in the first turn, uh, you can go into a immediate second battle right after that and gain a bonus in the experience points and job points that you accumulate. And as long as you continue to like one-shot the enemy team in the first turn, uh, you could just very quickly grind out. So that helped grinding a lot. That's probably the best feature they did. And aside from that, tweaks to job systems and new jobs and different abilities and the standard fare.
0: That that's an interesting. Uh, what you just mentioned is quite interesting because it it does sort of take apart one of the main problems that a lot of JRPGs seem to have that aspect of grinding. Uh, the last jrpg i think i played seriously was probably dragon quest 8 on the playstation 2 and i that's a grindy game as you're probably well aware i've I yeah. beat the whole thing got all the optional stuff spent 20 hours trying to fucking capture metal slime fuck you metal slime etc <laughs> etc et uh, but the the grinding especially early on was was a bit of a pain in the ass and it's nice to hear that they realize that and have come up with an idea that rewards min max to the point where you're just fucking murdering shit over and over again really really quickly because that's satisfying right i mean i I, the only thing i play right now that's even close to like a jrpg is probably star wars galaxy of heroes which obviously is a piece of shit don't play it but (laughs) i still play it because i've invested too much in it but the squad battle in that sense is very much a jrpg and my team is very much built towards that idea of one-shot this fucking shit, because yeah. if you don't, these battles are probably going to get really dull really fast. Do them as quickly as you can. Like, focus on crit, focus on one-shotting things, taking them out of the action really quickly.
1: Yeah, that's me. That's what I've been playing.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's, it's good. We'll have plenty of time for the Gabe Newell uh, discussion, if need be. <laughs> um, I, I've got a few things I can toss out, though, certainly, that we can talk about. Sure. So... Let's, which one to go with first? Uh, since we're talking a little bit about JRPG, I went back and put some serious time to Halcyon 6 Starbase Commander. And you might be oh, thinking, wow. what mm-hmm. the fuck does that have to do with JRPGs? Well, as it turns out, uh, some people are probably aware, and a lot of people might not be, the battle system in Halcyon 6 is very JRPG. It's a speed-based, I don't know if you call it active time battle, but it's based on speed meters, essentially, and each each unit takes an action and then their speed meter resets and uh, every time they take an action, that counts as a turn. There are cooldown-based abilities. There are uh, abilities that require warm-up that can't be used in the first couple of turns, for instance. But it's all done in space. So it's either spaceship fights or ground fight against nasty alien beasties that turn you into red piles of goop and bones if you fuck it up. And that battle system is layered upon this overall strategic element, whereby you're trying to control the galaxy, you're dispatching your fleets to various places to gather resources, to defend your colonies from alien attacks, complete missions, and all that kind of thing. And I'd dabbled with it throughout its early access, and I'd also looked at it with um, you know, when it had released, but I hadn't like spent a lot of time on it. And I did like a four or five hour stream, and then I played another six or seven hours after that. And it's it's got its moments but it does run actually into the same problem that quite a few jrpgs do in the sense that you often get to the point where battles should have an auto resolve on them because if they yeah. don't it's like you know you're gonna win so you're just wasting your time and it's especially true with the fact that a lot of the animations for attacks are just a little bit longer than they should be they look good uh, it's, a ni- it's a nice, uh, it's really like a DOS-inspired aesthetic, I'd say. You know, a good amount of pixel detail, nice, bright, but with sort of modern particle effects. And that looks good, but it just takes a little bit too long to do. And when you're in a battle that's not challenging, that you don't really have to think about, which there are certain points in the game where that is very true, because the pacing's kind of all off. Uh, there are elements of it where really the game's not going to advance until you hit a key story point, which kind of hangs around for as long as you wanted to you end up with these battles that take quite a long time to do and you've got to clear these guys out because otherwise you'll lose your colonies but Mm. they're not doing anywhere near enough damage and they're not like dangerous enough to really fucking matter so i end up in these you know like 30 to maybe hour chunks of time where i'm sort of on autopilot doing these battles and Until I reach the next either tier of starship or the next like big enemy type that's actually difficult comes along. I'm just sitting there thinking, oh God, will this ever end? Which is unfortunate because I think the battle system, it's pretty fun. There's nothing really all that unique about it. It's mostly just kind of JRPG battle system. They've got an exploit uh, mechanic, so you can put a certain effect on something. And then if you hit it with something that exploits that effect, it removes the effect but does a ton of bonus damage. So there's that, and every sector you fight in usually provides some weird anomaly that makes a ships either immune or vulnerable to something. So that's kind of neat. But outside of that, it does it does have some pacing problems. There's times when it's really hectic and you feel like you're fighting for your life and sh- <clears> the shit that's coming at you is like, oh God, this is so dangerous. I don't want to lose my guys because permadeath's a thing. I don't want to lose my ships because i have to rebuild them. And then there's times where it's like, my fleet is just going to dominate you, no problem at all. I'm just going to wipe you out, and I wish I had an auto-resolve button for this time.
1: Yeah. I picked up this game months ago just Because I was, I was looking for something to scratch that FTL itch. Yes. Because I, I would want, want something just just like FTL, if not even just more FTL. So this is yeah. something that actually caught my eye. So I only put a few hours into it, but even just in that brief time, I know exactly what you're talking about with like some of the battles. you like, all right, we're just going through the motions, huh?
0: Yeah, it's not a Darkest Dungeon situation. I feel like uh, of all the games over the past couple of years I've played that are sort of this style in terms of the fighting, Darkest Dungeon always felt like fights were going to be potentially lethal. And this game doesn't really have that. Like, even a really big crit, probably not going to kill you. There's a lot of healing abilities in the game. There's a lot of protection abilities in the game if you run with the right fleet configuration. So... Most of the battles don't necessarily feel dangerous. I was playing it on the third difficulty, which is hard. There's two higher than that. Maybe I should have played it on that. Um, But it's got its moments. Like I really love the the XCOM-like building of your station, gather resources, get a new building. I love training up my guys, uh, making sure they get more levels. I love the aspect of uh, legendary crew as your ship keeps fighting like your little petty officers and ensigns gain experience and gain like little bonus abilities for your ship. So you can have a shitty tier one ship, but they've got such a good crew that it fights like a fucking monster. I love that idea. That's really, really cool. That's a nice little bit of customization. Outside of that, though, uh, it's good. Uh, again, it just it has those pacing issues. Like I said, there's, there's a lot of downtime, I feel, uh, particularly when you're spending a lot of time setting up your satellite drones to automate shipments from your colonies for resources instead of manually sending a ship to each fucking one of them. That's, right. that's a bit tedious. Once they're up and running, you don't have to worry about that shit anymore. But up until that point, it's like, dispatch ship to this colony. It's arrived. Do you want to pick the stuff up? Yes. Dispatch it to the next colony. You can't automate it or anything until you've got that those drones up. So
1: Oh, it's full. Do you want to bring it back? It's like, yes, I want to bring it back. Just. Damn it!
0: yeah yeah there's definitely some issues with the strategic layer but they're adding quite a lot of stuff to it there's been recent free dlc which added a bunch of diplomatic events to the game so there's a lot more of interacting with other races and doing missions for them and deciding whether or not you want to have them on your side or not which is pretty cool and they have upgraded some of the customization combat it i think it's definitely going to need a little bit, little bit more work to to be a really good game you know, auto-battle, I think, needs to be a thing. And queuing multiple orders so that you can send your ship around multiple uh, places to pick up resources, probably a good idea, too. Because that micromanagement was real fucking annoying for a while. Otherwise, uh, not a bad game at all. You know, just yeah. not, not a perfect I like what one. I played. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a that's got JRPG elements, definitely. I said the fighting system is very Final Fantasy to me. Whereas the... It's got a little yeah. bit of FTL in there. There's little random events, the permadeath and uh, some XCOM in there as well with the whole resource management aspect of it. As much as I'd love to talk about XCOM 2, I can't do that (laughs) until tomorrow (laughs) at 7
1: a.m.
0: Soon, soon,
2: soon. soon. Real soon.
0: I'm pretty sure I can reveal that I have been playing Long War 2, that is. Um, The embargo for the press version of Long War 2 is tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific. 10 a.m. Eastern. I will hopefully have a video of some sort up. There's one problem with Long War 2. It's long. <laughs> so I haven't got that far in it, even after spending quite a lot of time. But I'll be I'll be able to show some stuff. I'll probably do a stream tomorrow as well of it. Like, you were telling me before this uh, show, Jared, I agree with you 100% on this, that XCOM is a hell of a streaming game.
1: Yeah. It's hard to do as, like, a solid, like, series or videos on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, unless you're, like, as good as someone like Beagle Rush, who can really put that together and not screw up, I think a stream is very enjoyable because of that element of death. Like, Darkest Dungeon's fun to watch, too, because you yeah. can just have your guys, like, die, and it's, uh... I guess it's either schadenfreude or a sort of empathy that you get from your audience, as well, from watching that happen, especially if you name them, <laughs> name them after subscribers, and people get emotionally invested in that shit.
1: I did that as a uh, as a YouTube video series with the first XCOM, uh, not, not the very first, but like the most recent reboot of it, where at the end, like anytime the uh, world alerts came up we you had like the three decisions where to go, I made those annotations. I had people vote on where, to, where we go. So awesome. it was highly left up to the audience and like their strategic decisions, like I'll handle battles and, and research and all that, but you pick where we go. And then I named the units after uh, random commenters yeah in the chat that was uh super fun hard to do <laughs> i'll is tell it... you it's going to be impossible
0: in long war 2 the yeah ca- there is a lot of lot of new stuff going on, on the strategic map let me put it that way that completely changes that aspect of the game so that would not really be possible anymore it's a serious what can i say <laughs> NDA? let me just it's long it is a serious serious overhaul like expansion level overhaul for the game <clears throat> Like, it's, it's crazy. The They put so much into it. It feels great in many ways, but also hella intimidating. But yeah, I, w- I won't go any further than that because I'll get in trouble. But hopefully video tomorrow. And so, if not video, definitely stream. That's absolutely going to happen.
1: Nice. I'm going to tune in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a hell of a lot of stuff going on with it here's something else I did play. I don't know if you've touched this yet, Jesse, considering your proclivity for Star Wars media. Although maybe that's Yo, the reason I've um... played it. New Star Wars game on mobile, Star Wars Force Arena.
2: Yo, uh let me just tell you, I have touched that game for one reason only. They inc- look, I don't know that I particularly like it, but I know they include Dr. afro which is my favorite new bit of IP they've ever created. Imagine an evil female Indiana Jones who works with Darth Vader that is and she has two droids they're basically r2d2 and c3po but evil and they hate humans and want to kill everyone it is the best bit of creativity they've ever come up with it i'm so glad she's in the game uh there's a, yeah. there's a
0: lot of new lore stuff in there like i mean throne's in it which is neat yeah. i know throne is canon now of course uh, i've been i've been actually binging on throne the last couple of weeks i've i listened to all of the unabridged throne trilogy on Audible, and now I'm working on the two follow up books. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a, a quick warning, by the way, even though we're not sponsored by Audible this week, we sometimes are. They're a sponsor of the show. <laughs> just a quick mention if you're going to listen to those books, do make sure you get the unabridged versions. that I almost accidentally picked up the abridged of the second follow up book. The unabridged is 28 hours long, it's a 670 page book, but it's like I'd, I wouldn't have wanted the abridged version of that. Like, there's. There's so much great stuff going on in that. I wouldn't want to miss a thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, back to Force Arena. You're watching gameplay from Angry Joe in the background. And the best way... Uh, Jesse, let's hear your opinion on this first, and then I'll go into it with I, someone that's played a ton of Clash Royale, which this is... How do I... To. Yeah,
2: how, it, I don't think it's exactly like Clash Royale. It's, it's like they took a MOBA and Clash Royale and combined the two. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the best way to describe it. Um every everyone that i've seen uh, play it has been using the emperor uh i i tried to use some rebel stuff and realized i understand why everyone picked the emperor because boy is the empire just better
0: <laughs> in <that> I, game. <laughs> I actually I, i'm prioritizing my rebel play at the moment and probably doing better uh with rebels although really yeah i, I um, play I, I main on the rebel side lando and i have his little um sidekick uh, though is a pretty the uniques in that game are quite powerful.
2: Is it Lobot? Is Lobot his psychic?
0: Uh, no, it's um. Uh, n- n- what's his name? It begins with an N. He was the Nub. NEE. Yeah, Nynub. <laughs> yes. Nib. Nib. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nynub is his. Yeah. Yeah. So to to explain uh, what uh, what I'm talking about there, um, what you've got with Force Arena is something that's it's a bit similar to Clash Royale. So it's at least in one v one a two lane push game whereby you spawn units that you draw from a deck and you, they cost mana. It's all in real time. And the units will do what units do. They, you can't control them. But in this one, you also have a hero who you directly control at the same time. And he's kind of like a Dota or League hero in the sense that he's got a passive ability and an active ability and he can fight as well. So it's a bit more involved, I guess, than something like Clash. If you're looking for something that's a little bit more League of Legends-esque and it's of course in 3d yeah. which is going to be a, a deal for some people uh, before i get into my opinion of it uh, how much have you played of it jesse
2: um honestly uh i played enough to realize that uh i think it's it's like my love for the ip uh i still am not like if anything i'd rather just go play clash royale honestly
0: it's not strong enough to override the feeling that Clash Royale is a significantly better designed game. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the feeling I had, and there's a few reasons for that. Uh, I like the direct control idea. The problem is it's direct control on a fucking touchscreen, and it's not very yeah. accurate, which means that you can really easily get your leader killed because you uh, it, it went in the wrong direction, or it passed into a fucking wall, or... <laughs> you missed the attack. Like This is tr- particularly true with melee heroes. Less so with the guys that have ranged attacks because in that case, you just kind of move into range of them and they'll probably target the hero. It's not a big deal. But if you're playing a melee character, then you can really easily like press to the side of the enemy hero instead of on the hero. So shit goes wrong there. And yeah. you can end up accidentally wandering into range of a blaster turret and die, which isn't fun either. I don't like the angle it's done at like it's the 3d it's sort of at a shallow slanted angle which means that you can't you can't really see a lot on the screen at any given time you're really reliant on a mini-map whereas clash royale is cool because it's all on one screen you can see absolutely everything mm-hmm. yeah that situational awareness issue isn't a problem i realized that probably wouldn't work with a direct control hero because everything's really small in clash royale so controlling that would be even worse right. but i don't feel like making it 3d made the game any better i don't think that like helped the genre if it was just on PC and you had mouse and keyboard as your controls, that would be a bit better because it would be more precise. But no. on mobile, it's like, fuck this. It's worse because you're doing that and you're trying to play cards at the same time. So it's like, I need to control this, but I also need to... On an iPad Pro, is a fucking nightmare. If your hero's up here, I'm trying to reach to play. I was like, my hands are big, but they're not that big. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to use, like, both hands, which means you probably need to play the damn thing on a table and not hold it, because then what the hell are you going to do there? Uh, so that, that's a bit of a problem. It doesn't run very well either, I'll have to say that. Like, the, it looks pretty good for a mobile game, I guess. Like, the, the effects are all there. The animations are pretty good, but it doesn't run very well. The... Business model, I think it's a bit better than Clash, but it's still pretty shitty. Like, <laughs> yeah. they use the same idea that Clash Royale does in the sense that, oh, I unlocked a unit. Now I've got to upgrade the motherfucking thing, and every upgrade you get costs twice as many cards as the last one, plus a bunch of currency, and that makes your stuff objectively better than the guy that has the same card that's lower level, which mm-hmm. is a crap way to do that model, but they decide to do it anyway. They made it in some ways a little better because they have a lot more rewards of card packs and specific units like they have quest lines that you can complete and they'll give you a specific thing at the end of it so unlocking the heroes is quite easy like you I think you complete the first um first line of quest it's like here's another hero right now so I'm working on the one to get Boba Fett at the moment and that'll probably be done by the end of the day it's like okay cool so I'm not Worried about, like, the random element of getting a legendary card. The problem is I am worried about the element of upgrading those fucking heroes. Because, of course, it has hero upgrading as well. So your hero is a couple of levels higher than the dude you're fighting. You have a really big advantage over him. You hit harder. You hit faster. You have much more HP. So you're going to win pretty much every one versus one fight. They have a trading system, which is kind of okay you can uh, trade in like 10 cards of one rarity you don't want for one of higher rarity but it's still random you can trade legendary for legendary but again still fucking random so i could end up with god knows what it's The, the i think the biggest problem i've got with it is these unique cards they need a specific hero to run them so that's frustrating as fuck if you draw a unique card from a pack and then you don't have the hero to run it I'm sitting on an IG eighty-eight. Who's one of my favourite characters? I I run him in Galaxy of Heroes. Like he he's a really fun you know assassin droid. Can't run him because I need um the slaver dude, the reptile, Borsk, Bask, Bask, yeah, Bask. I need Bask to run IG eighty-eight.
3: Face.
0: Yeah, and I don't have him, so he's sitting in my fucking inventory doing nothing. I I think I have two that I can run. I have the Grand Inquisitor and the Eighth Brother or the Seventh Brother. Okay. he's the unique i don't watch it's star wars, wars
2: rebel stuff don't rebel worry stuff yeah
0: <laughs> and i've got noob uh near noob whatever he is for lando which influenced my decision to play lando even though i didn't really like his hero power but i played him anyway and because that guy's pretty good i decided to what that.
2: what is what is lando's hero power is it like it's gambling seduction no it's gambling related basically
0: you hit it and it throws your hand away and draws a new hand
2: why would his be gambling? He lost the Millennium Falcon gambling. He's the worst. If anything, he's the worst gambler in the galaxy. Let's
0: let's be honest. He you know he doesn't learn from his mistakes. But... <laughs> if anything, he's a
2: horrible gambler.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean I I think the hero element's pretty cool. Like it does distinguish it from Clash, but. I as I said on mobile, it's a fucking pain in the ass to con- precisely control it. If you Is it get, on
2: PC? Can you get it? Can you play it online or anything? Only
0: if you use Blue, like if you use an Android emulator like BlueStacks, you can play it. Uh, I try to. I use BlueStacks to play um, Plants vs Zombies on stream every once in a while, and that works perfectly. But to run this, I wanted to link the accounts together because, of course, I don't want to have two separate accounts that have to get separate things of cards it won't link it keeps uh, you have to link it via facebook if you're going cross-platform if you're not running like two ios devices so i created a facebook account to fucking do that link and it keeps saying your connection's unstable and it won't let me link it which makes no fucking sense so yes you can play it on pc and i have a feeling that people that do and can get it running are actually gonna have a pretty big advantage because of the precision of the mouse but you've got to do it through BlueStacks stacks and that emulator Honestly, the game is actually something that would run fine on PC. It's widescreen. It's not the vertical thing like Clash is. So Thank God. that problem isn't there. You could totally port this to PC and it might even do all right because- it's I imagine got, it,
2: I'd like it more.
0: Yeah. It's got that Dota-like hero control element. Then that's something that's been very popular in mods for a while. Like Warcraft 3 and Starcraft 2 have a shit ton of mods that did that, which is spawn units, but you have a hero to control too. It's not <laughs> like this is original neither was clash clash was a, a reinterpretation of a mod for warcraft 3 i think called castle attack so that wasn't new either
2: yeah but, some of the best uh, tower defense games are straight up uh, you're spawning you're building and you have a hero
0: yes yeah absolutely they're they're very popular and a lot of people are making standalone versions of that uh for yeah. pc on steam as well as a bunch there's a bunch of those older mods that you can just play for free as well with the starcraft 2 starter client uh but i think it's going to need a little bit of improvement uh it's fun enough, like I play a couple of games a day of it, but I have been known to rage quit that game quite a bit because of I've fucked up a control or whatever. Your hero respawns quite quickly, but you can't play cards while your hero's dead. So mm. you can lose real easy. And it's also quite easy to not notice that while you're fighting in one lane, the fucking asshole in the other lanes plays the sniper down that's just killing your turret from out of its range. It's like, Oh, that's, that's infuriating. Whereas on Clash, of course, you can see everything. And Clash mm. is like a, just a, a better balanced and better design game overall. There's a lot of timing involved in Clash Royale and placement as well. And that's like the main meat of the game if you want to be really good at it. With this, it's less of that because of the hero element. So it's a bit scrappier and it doesn't feel quite as uh, well balanced and well paced as well. But yeah, I actually kind of do wish that they'd bring it to PC and maybe improve the business model somewhat, because it is kind of shitty. You do get a lot of free packs, I will say that, but if it goes anywhere like Clash did, to get past a certain point, you're definitely going to need a lot of copies of the same card, and the chances are you're getting that from buying shit, not from anything else. Right. Yeah, so... I understand why they went into the space because obviously Clash is still really popular. It's still top ten grossing app on iOS. Makes a lot of money. Throw Star Wars onto that, put a bit of a twist on it. You have potential cash vampire. But yeah, it's not. It's not brilliant. It's not. It wouldn't replace Clash for me. Clash is just way more refined. I think.
2: Yeah, uh, it's the IP is cool. I like that they're including all the new stuff and and giving new characters their time to shine. It's just that the game's just it's like it could do so much better like yeah you can see that there's a great game in there somewhere but it's it's mobile <laughs>
1: you're just like oh
0: yeah i mean and as soon as you go to direct control for any mobile game things gotta get real tricky I, I must admit i haven't played anything like vainglory which is the popular mobile moba which actually has esports tournaments and it's a pretty game it looks good i can't imagine playing it though like the precision element that would be infuriating, right? Here, here's the
2: crazy thing. I've played that game on a uh, computer, like at at events and stuff. Plays it's like a great MOBA that you can play. It's great. You can play. You
0: can play it natively on PC. Or did they? Blue no,
2: stacks no, it? no, no, no. It was just like it's easier this way. Ah, <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> oh, so good. the blue stacks do, <laughs> and, right, and okay. it was and it was super fun. Like it's a really solid MOBA. I cannot imagine playing it on on a touchscreen. Mm. I just can't. I just can't.
0: Yeah, yep. I mean, I'd maybe do it with a stylus, like a or something like that. Maybe play it on the Note Five. I mean, fuck I play Clash Royale on the Note Five, and it's much easier to be accurate with it because of the stylus. You know, it's, yeah. it's weird. It, it's. I find it fascinating when they try to adapt genres to mobile and see where they go with it, because sometimes they really do smart shit with that. Like, uh, I remember when Infinity Blade first came out. Yep. And that was a, I mean, not only did that look gorgeous at the time, like for a mobile game, it's like, whoa, this is incredible looking. But the way that they adapted certain gameplay styles to the touchscreen was real smart. Sure, it was a lot dumber than other games in that kind of genre. And Infinity Blade's really more just a get into a fight, slash in the right direction at the right time. I mean, fuck, it's, it's Fruit Ninja for, you know, for people who want a fantasy <laughs> game, right? Basically, yeah. But it's, it was intriguing to see them adapt certain ideas to mobile. And sometimes they really nail it. And then other times it's like, I don't want to play this. The controls are horrible. Uh, a great recent example. They released Mega Man 1 to 6 on iOS. It was a disaster. It came out a couple of weeks ago. Not only does it control like absolute dog shit, it has frame rate issues and crashes for an NES game.
1: Has there been a good Mega Man port <laughs> on mobile? Because the Mega Man so, is anyone remember that being like the most gigantic piece of shit I've ever seen? Yeah, you that was like, shit too, right? The graphics and the buttons layout was like really freaking bad. It was like auto running and terrible.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, really, if you're gonna do a Mega Man mobile game, you probably have to make it an auto runner, wouldn't just, you? In order to just make it control properly, and that would be shit. But
1: yeah, then yeah. it's not fun.
0: No. <laughs> No. There's a, there's a couple of, like, runners that I quite like. I thought the, um, what they did with Raymond, I thought, was pretty good. Uh, Rayman Jungle Run and stuff like that. They actually made that game, as an auto-runner, it was a very fun auto-runner. I gotta give them that. Uh, it looked great, it sounded great, it controlled really tightly for what it was, but they designed the gameplay and the levels around that. You try and do that with something like Mega Man, I think you'd be in for a disastrous consequence.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I'll see. I, I I play it a little bit. I don't spend a lot of time on it. I, I think that if they did port Force Arena to PC, I'd probably play quite a bit more of it because it is, you know, the game's a couple of minutes long. It's fun enough. And as I'm getting up the levels, I'm unlocking more interesting cards with more interesting effects. So it's not as dull and there's more strategy involved in it. But yeah, as I said, that direct hero control method in the perspective is a real killer for me on mobile. It just does, doesn't... Nah, you are right though. There's a interesting selection of heroes, like to the point where I don't know who half of these motherfuckers are. Pretty sure half yeah. of them are from Rogue One and half of them from Rebels, w- of which I've I've not seen either yet. So. Get in
2: that new canon, dude. There's so much cool stuff now. I'm I've dying. Rebels has gotten quite good. Rebels, uh the first season is all over the place, and then on season two they're like, "Hey, what if we actually start making sense?" And then season three is like the coolest shit that ever existed. So, they. I. I will simply say there's a series of episodes that is like that was on recently that's really on point with like connecting all the movies.
1: And I was like, they do care, Disney. I, I've only seen like the recent trailers and stuff on it. Where like suddenly they're much older or something, and it's like Obi Wan's back. Uh, yeah, spoilers for Clone Wars and Rebels, but Darth
2: Maul a, lives. I, so yes, yeah,
0: that, I feel about that. I did know about that. I haven't watched Clone Wars yet. I actually do intend to. There's a, there's a viewing guide that someone made. This is like, this is how you see the good stuff and skip the pointless filler shit. There's a lot of, pointless perfect. Shit.
2: there's a lot of pointless shit in Clone Wars. But, right. uh, if you can, if you can like watch those main story arcs to get to rebels, um, the end of Clone Wars has a really, really cool scene with Darth Maul and the emperor. And then fast forward to rebels. Uh, Maul still has a role and, and yeah, I, I all, all I can say is both Maul and Obi-Wan are alive, so they're going to come to a head at some point, right? God, um, because they're mortal enemies. And it really is like all those videos that were like, what if they just redid the um, the entire yeah. prequels and made it about Obi-Wan instead of whiny boy Anakin? And it's like, that's what it's becoming right now. Like, all the shows are becoming that story. And I'm like, oh, they're making things right again. So yeah, thumbs they- up.
0: I know putting a lot of hostility to the idea that they threw out all of the expanded universe, made it legends, and then went with this new thing. Let me put it this way. You lot don't know what pain is. As a Star Trek fan, <laughs> you don't fucking know. The thing with Star Trek, at least, is that they have established the multiple universes. So everything is true, which I choose to believe that that is what has happened with Star Wars, that it's just parallel universes that went different ways. It's going to be extremely confusing, I think, after I finish these five Thrawn books to then listen to the new Thrawn book, which is coming out in April, which is written by the same guy that wrote the other five Thrawn books, but it's new canon now. So it's going to change a lot of shit, I think.
2: Here's all I will say is they're really smart about how they're introducing the legend stuff back into the new canon in that they straight up are like, all those the origins of all those characters like thrawn for example is the exact same yeah nothing's like his schemes the character is the exact same the only difference is there, is, like his post uh you know battle of endor storyline doesn't exist yet so no who knows that might even happen we don't know probably it not is- though like one of those things that like he exists in the canon already and they're giving him that backstory so it's 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 on point it's the exact same character just doing new things which is like great
1: that's all i wanted bring back mario jade
0: yeah absolutely no doubt about that dude i'm telling you go back go back
1: go
2: back watch that fucking uh star wars episode seven Dude, standing at a grave. I'm holding out hope. That's going to be going to be like that. Dude, way. I thought it was a grave, too.
1: The first time I saw it, I thought it was at a grave, too. I was like, I think he's standing at a grave. And I think Thank you, Jesse. You're the only other person I've met that's actually like, I think that's a grave. What kind of man just stands at the edge of a cliff? There's Get a marker careful,
2: there. Careful. Yeah, that, a,
0: careful with the spoilers. I know some people haven't seen it yet, so... All we, I'm we, saying might, is, we might get killed if we spotlight
2: all i'm saying is if they could just give me that bone if they were just like yeah that was my 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 wife mara i'd be like i'm okay i'm fine yeah, now i'm <laughs> totally fine
0: <laughs> they 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 may throw bone they may not we'll see i mean it it seems like they're kind of handling it well and uh, what i'm interested to see is if they actually do a proper video game that has some effect on the storylines oh my god because right that now it's be... just a lot of That's it's sweet. just been we're gonna emulate the films in some way i mean battlefront pulled in stuff from rogue one and all that kind of thing it did fuck around a little bit because it's like oh there's there's a entire dlc based on the death star which is totally non-canon like the the idea about how you deal with that i mean fuck you you actually go and invade the death star after killing a star destroyer getting a shuttle in stealing a robot from the Death Star and then fucking leaving and then doing a trench run, it, which obviously is non-canon and weird, but it's neat nonetheless. Yeah. But I would like to see the games properly tie in story-wise. You know, major Star no. Wars releases a few and far between at the moment, and all the mobile stuff is Everything not- else
2: does. All the, all the comic books, all the books, uh, Rebels, like, all the shows, everything. Disney has, like, made it so... Everything connects. They've got a so
0: full, full Marvel verse on it, haven't they?
2: Yeah, when um, uh, Rogue One came out, they released two episodes of Rebels that were Saw Gerrera based. So, like, everything is like, we're gonna tell you, we're gonna keep the story going and have everything connect and everything's gonna make sense. Which is like, all right, cool. So you get if, if you're huge into the lore, you you like, oh, I know what that means. But if you're not, like, well, that was still entertaining. Yeah, so it's, that's a good way to uh, go. I think whatever game they're going to come up with uh isn't it uh, visceral the guys who made dead space aren't they uh
0: visceral supposed to still be working on something we don't know exactly what uh but they were really... so weren't they being I... headed up by uh Roberta Williams on that one
1: like yep wasn't it visceral who was doing star wars 1313 or was that a different that was a different company yeah 1313
0: was... is as far as we know canceled um, I think yeah,
1: super
2: cancelled. Yeah, yeah, I actually
1: still have the the USB card that they gave out when they first presented Star Wars Thirteen Thirteen at that <laughs> E3. I've been holding onto it just as like a, as a little piece of gaming
0: history, memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. it's like this is not even have just vaporware; it's gone. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it actually, Jade Raymond who was heading that—is it both of them involved in it? I, I'm if, almost certain Williams so, Williamson somewhere.
2: Look, I I want that game to be just like we need properties that are that are the same vibe as the um the first star killer game whatever the hell that was called force unleashed yeah and the shadows and the shadows of the empire like all those games even tie fighter and x-wing those games still told you good story and uh-huh. like had so, we need those games where it's it you're still in that world but you're not like i'm uh, luke skywalker like there's so much more to
1: tell with that oh, universe yeah.
0: Absolutely! I can't wait. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm all about
1: expanding beyond the Skywalker family, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to pitch something to
2: you, and I think it'd be amazing. A series based on Boba Fett, except it's – Boba Fett is not the little boy from clone, the the Clone like story. It, uh. Boba Fett is just the mask, you It's like a Red Hood or all those other – So, uh. like, it's people constantly fighting over becoming Boba Fett because the legend's bigger than him. That'd be great that'd be that'd be a great plot line for anything take it video game people make me something beautiful <laughs> i want that so badly that'd be is great it,
0: apologies incidentally it's uh, amy hennig who's uh, heading up writing for this all not that's not right Little Wimps, yeah. the old
2: target writer we yes. went we went all we went across <laughs> the map to get there but we finally got her we got yeah. it
0: well, apologies for that yeah. uh it, it's I, I just think it's a bit sad at the moment that the star wars game flag is being carried by an fps that nobody plays well third person shooter that nobody plays on pc that's pretty much reviled even though it was sold pretty well a few mobile games that have nothing to do with the canon whatsoever and the old republic which obviously they can do pretty much anything with because it's so far back that they don't give a fuck which
2: which i need to go back the new expansion to old republic looks dope it's almost entirely single player like i need to go back and play that again because it looks great
0: I may very well do that. The, some people are saying that Star Wars 1313 has restarted production. I don't see any evidence of that anywhere.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's still considered cancelled by everybody right now. So mm-hmm. uh, th- there was a rumour, I think, I, over a year ago that it might not be dead. But there's there's nothing recent that said that it's, uh, it's coming back. So I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't know it's been carried more by mods at this point the sins of the solar empire mod that we played Thrawn's Revenge. oh my 2. god
2: all right uh time out since we played that together you play i have more, right? put in like maybe another 20 hours <laughs> i love that mod i am Good. in it now
0: yeah I, I put some more time into it as well the the guys that made it made thrones revenge for empire war initially which was a great mod probably the best mod for that game uh that game has a few issues on windows 10 like it hard crashes the entire system when you try and quit it that's not good Uh, so yeah bit of a problem but they then went and did uh, thrones revenge 2 which takes a lot of that stuff over to sins of solar empire which is a pretty logical place to put it and it's yeah it is really good it's got a much bigger focus on capital ships than sins does it changes the pacing of the game i love the idea that the new republic is very propaganda based whereas you can go down the xenophobia route for the Empire. Uh, there's yep. basically several Empire factions that are from Expanded Universe. The Imperial Remnant, which is probably the most familiar to most people. The Empire of the Hand, which is, complains completely differently to the Empire, by the way. like They've they got this crazy hyper, advanced hyperspace ability, so they can be pretty much anywhere. They're mostly based on fast frigates instead of big Star Destroyers. And then the Pentastar Alignment, which is the one that I knew the least about, I've been doing some research into that. I, I bought a, there's an iBook version of uh, the, something like the Guide to Warfare, Star Wars Guide to Warfare, which is a really beautiful like ebook where you can, you can move around it really easily with uh, menus. You can zoom in on stuff. You can click to get additional specs. It, it, ta- it talks a lot about the different eras of the expanded universe and also the ships that were used in them. And it explains factions like the Penta Star Alignment and what that actually was. That's
2: that comes from a period of old Star Wars books where I was like, "Oh boy, Chewie got blown up by a moon!" Like (laughs) Like, I'm done. I'm done with this. So, yeah. But
0: the mod itself is it's lovely. It's very detailed.
2: It's also super fun in that. It gives factions like the other day I played as the Republic, and for some reason I ran them against all Republic factions. Okay, so it was me versus Leia versus Wedge versus. I was like, get fucked, Wedge! (laughs) It's it's (laughs) fun. It's super fun. Like it's it it breathed new life into that game for me. Like since it's fun. But this adds like a whole, no- when you can build just a superstar Destroyer and go around and be like, what up haters? I was it's rolling blast. with the Sovereign,
0: man. It was, I, I originally built an Executor because you get the choice, which is awesome, by the way. Thank you for that. I built the Executor and I thought that can defeat this fleet on its own. It didn't. So that was a oh, lot no. of, that was a wasted investment.
1: Haven't you
2: seen the movie? They <laughs> just fly an A-Wing into your bridge and you're done. <laughs> this is <laughs> non-canon. It. How was that supposed to work?
0: but then i uh, i said all right fuck it i'll build the sovereign instead then it's like that's way more fun because you can crack the mantle of a planet with it it's got the super laser that you could just blow up a big defense station with that's a shit ton of fun roll that with. was
2: my problem though because i was so concerned about taking over planets that when i started destroying planets i was like why can't i take this one over so it's, I was co- like, cause it's oh, a shit, pile of like, dust now up. damn it yeah <laughs> i was like oh hmm
0: yeah it, it's point. got it's got a lot going with it uh it's it's great mod uh, Sins has several really good mods it's good it's a star trek mod called armada 3 which is really good what i will say about armada 3 is it plays far more like sins than this does uh thrones revenge they've made some real pacing changes to it whereas with the other one it's more of a case of you build your first capital ship, it's got a colony ability, and then you have to wait ages to get your second capital ship, and you, you start with your frigates, and then your uh, little strike cruiser thingies. In, in Thrawn's Revenge, like you want three Star Destroyers right off the bat? You can. You can mm-hmm. totally get them. And, they're, it's, and it's fun to just roll around with three Star Destroyers blowing up everything. That's, that's great. It's well worth the download. It runs... Yeah. Runs really well too, which a lot of process the download
2: involves getting like another program, so then you can expand a directory or some nonsense. But in the end, it's totally worth it. It is really, really fun.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Especially when you get a large group together to play it with. The AI is good. Don't get me wrong, but if you can play it with other people, that's you know, sins is really, really awesome in that regard. Mm Yeah, yeah, put a bunch of time to that. Uh, there is one game I want to mention, by the way. Uh, just to sort of touch right back on our Force Arena and Clash Royale thing for a second. A few people pointed me in the direction of Beta Dwarf's new game, which is called Minion Master Forced to Duel. What? Uh, they're, so they're the guys that made Forced and Forced Slightly Better Edition. Yes, that is the title of it. And Forced Showdown. And they've now made a game called Minion Masters, which is currently in beta. And it's basically a PC version of Clash Royale without any of the bullshit in it. Huh. So it's done horizontally rather than vertically because we have widescreens. And once you unlock a unit, that's it. There's no upgrades for that unit. You just have it, which is great. So, I mean, I I haven't spent any money on it yet. I've got so many free units and stuff to build decks. And it's got a cool idea where you have a hero that oversees the battle and is like a stationary tower and he has a bunch of abilities so you can pick a different hero to go with your deck and your hero levels up in the, in, during the fight as you ca- you capture the bridges in the middle of the map you gain a bonus XP. and once you hit certain points your hero gets an ability so it kind of puts a timer on the game in the sense of if you hit your ultimate ability it's probably game over for them but it's designed around pc play it's pretty fun actually same principle as clash royale but way better design, way better business model. Might be worth a look. Um, I, I've enjoyed it so far, let me put it that way.
2: Yeah, it says um, in the future, it's gonna be free to play, but right now it has a price model because they want really dedicated players to play it. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, I, I'll i give it a shot because I they, they've already won me over with this ridiculously cute fish man or whatever he is on the logo. Licking the art himself. design's nice i'm in yeah i'll give it a shot it's added to the list
0: yeah the the only issue i've really got with it is like i think that a game like that is a great way to find out whether or not you really just love that gameplay model or you just wanted something to play on the go
2: yeah that's probably accurate yeah i mean the reviews seem like they're nailing it
0: it's good. Yeah, what well, I've played of it so far. You know, as someone that's put shit tons of time and money into Clash Royale, I think it's a pretty damn solid interpretation of it. And it's got quite a lot going for it. A couple of unique aspects to it. Again, kind of borrowed from mods. This whole The whole uh, cro- control the bridge gets a bonus thing is from quite a lot of StarCraft II mods. Uh, these kind of push-pull of war maps. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, it's just so much more fair than Clashes because there are no fucking unit upgrades. Thank God for that. And you get free stuff pretty much all the time in that game. So, yeah, it's currently in beta. Uh, there's actually, according to Steam Spy, it has over a quarter of a million people that already have the game. Wow. Which is weird, because that's been slipping way under the radar for a lot of people, I think.
2: Yeah, I had no clue. This is this looks cool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fun. I like it. Not too shabby at all. Like, Is there anything else... I think we're gonna be through games in like one hour. Jesse, if you please tell me you've played a few things this week.
2: I mean, look, I've played way too much uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius for a person.
1: I've been playing it too.
2: (sighs) Uh, It's gotta be better than all the Bravest, right? Ariana Grande for me. Where I was like, I'm gonna download it and play. As Ariana Grande has now become a massive fascination with
1: this game. It's not bad.
3: It's It's not bad at all. It's
2: It's It's not
3: bad. bad.
1: It's it's pure Final Fantasy fan service, and the story is absolutely worthless. And you'll realize very quickly, absolutely, yeah. all the cutscenes because it doesn't matter. But,
2: but. but <laughs> it's super fun to play. I feel like it's, you're it's all the same wavelength play. on this one. Um, it, man, you basically it, it has all the tropes of a mobile buy your way to victory game. Right. Um, you are getting oh my god my phone's on the charger because i played it so much this morning uh you play not only characters that you unlock through crystals and by unlocking these crystals you either get rare characters or uh you get like silver characters or bronze
1: characters. Whatever they have like we're... a bunch of generic characters they made just for the game, but otherwise you're getting a bunch of main heroes from the entire Final Fantasy franchise right. and a bunch of like side characters from each of the games that are also just playable, which is really cool. Yeah, and even, even like the villain from you know, Final Fantasy VI is awesome. A lot of the villains are in there. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, and this is probably the most shocking thing to me, I haven't seen anything in here from Final Fantasy 7 or Final Fantasy 8 Right. Like the, like the bigger ones that usually show up in these kinds of games. Well, I mean, um,
2: right now they have Final Fantasy Type O as the main thing. And you're like, what? Uh, okay, sure. I'll guess I'll get Jack. But, yeah. but, the, but, the, but from there you're getting like, so a great example is I unlocked a yellow. It's a four-star yellow. I'm like, fuck yeah, until you realize that it goes up to six. And yeah. then and, and you have well, all well, that well. BS. And so, of course, if you are a four-star yellow going up if you have six-star gold or whatever, you are going to get destroyed. Yeah, but you don't have to do that because that's just the arena mode. What you can do otherwise is there's a story mode. There is, you can then go back and explore the map of the story mode areas you've been to and find treasures. You can go into towns and find treasures and and find secrets. Um, You can uh, accept quests that are like, go back in this other area and find a thing or beat this boss or kill 10 wolves in a cave or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, you are crafting you uh, you can craft spells, you can craft items, you can craft
1: uh, uh, all sorts of crap, uh, and then you can, uh, you can borrow units from your friends to like yeah. temporarily join your party to help out for like particularly tough uh, bosses or the cover a uh, spell element that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so
2: it, and then there are summons, and it's really cool because the summons actually give you a summon cutscene, and you can skip it if you want. But you're like, wait a minute, this is like a really it's good cool. cutscene <laughs> on my phone. You're like, whoa, all right
0: um definitely does sound a very fan servicey what was the one that we play quite a lot of it was like the last year or the year before it was also very fan servicey the one where it's like you have to go into the paintings and save the final timeline. fantasy
1: record keeper yeah, yeah i
0: i what i played of that i played of it for a decent amount of time i enjoyed a lot of um it's it almost seems like this final fantasy overload on mobile devices right now seems it like a is. lot of crossover to a lot of this stuff
2: well it's that it's that i think it's the spritey aspect of where Final Fantasy comes from. It just translates so well to uh, something like this. And this game, for some reason, I thought I would hate it. I thought it was going to joke around and just be like, I'm going to get Ariana Grande in a suplex of train. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. <laughs> I'm still going to get Ariana Grande in a suplex of train. But by God, I, I like enjoy what I'm playing. And um, it's it's... You can definitely see the, oh, here's where it wants me to buy this, this, and mm-hmm. this. Yeah, yeah. But at its core, you really don't have to. You can just keep playing and having fun and um yeah it, it takes a good hour or so every morning i play it for like an hour and then i move on with my life but like i play it for an hour which is crazy to me for so a
1: mobile game yeah that's yeah quite- quite a long there, There's a recent patch that they did into the game where you have like sub quests for every single battle or mission you do and that gets you the, some in-game currency so it's very easy to build up the in-game currency to spend it on the things that build up right away. It's like oh you hit your maximum equipment limit you either sell some stuff or increase it or you mm-hmm. hit your character limit so ever since that patch the, the game's gotten way better because it's. You, I haven't spent any money on it. I still have like uh, seventy-two hundred of the in-game currency, which is like the equivalent of seventy-two dollars. Yeah, uh, I haven't spent any money, and that's—it'll cost like a hundred to increase your unit capacity or your energy or whatever. So it has been doing way better about making. It's like you can't spend a lot of money on it, but there's a really good, easy way to go back and just. Get a little bit of cash. Plus it's retroactive too. So you can go back to like the original early game missions and just destroy them and instantly get all that cash. And, and
2: those little objectives in each uh, mission are things like use an item or uh, kill a boss by using like fire magic or yeah. something like that were all very specific. Don't die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some of them are just like, don't die or don't use a Phoenix down. Yeah. And, and eventually you have to get like really strategic with it. Cause you're like, Okay, well, if I do this, this, and this, I'm gonna murder this guy because I'm way over level. So, how do I plan this out in order? To, and, and then in the end, you get you get this, you get the whatever those little crystal things are called, and um, it. it I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that I don't hate it. <laughs> like i <I'm> like <laughs> I really enjoy
1: this game. Considering
0: the last um, one that had the word brave in it, as in all the bravest was one of the worst mobile games ever. It's yeah, a bit of an improvement. Well,
1: so this game is called Brave Exvius because it's actually uh, more or less a Final Fantasy paint job on top of a previous developer's game called Brave uh, Brave Frontier, ah, which okay. is very similar, but it's all custom characters and like unique whatever. And then Square hired them to be like, "Can you just do that for Final Fantasy?" So mm-hmm. much so they actually had a Brave Frontier event in Brave Exvius, where you get some Brave Frontier characters in Brave Exvius. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I think the fun of collecting the different characters and uh, making a team of just like this is my perfect fantasy team, Thank and then going out and slaughtering people
1: is too much fun. It's like too, I'm not, not I'm not trying to have like the best team ever because like the most overpowered character right now is Lunith from Final Fantasy 3 Yeah. So right now my party is uh, I've got Locke from Final Fantasy VI, Celeste from Final Fantasy VI, Cecil and Rydia from Final Fantasy Four, and Ferris from Final Fantasy V. Mm-hmm. For that, I was using Edgar and Sabin from Final Fantasy 6. Uh, throughout Lightning, it's a surprisingly good character, even though I hate her as a person. As an actual no, person, not you. even just a yeah, video character. Living person. Oh, uh, they had a Final Fantasy Tactics event, too, where you can get Ramza, Delita, Mustadio, TG Sid. Oh, that was so cool, because you actually went back uh, played like the Tactics music. Uh, and. Basically, did redid sprites of tactics enemies in Brave Exvius. and it's one of the nice. coolest things. Reimagining all of these like uh, Final Fantasy characters from new and old in like their unique sprite design style, and it looks freaking great. Okay. I just want to point out that my team is all villains.
2: I have a Ooh. five villain team, and apparently three of them are like this some of the strongest characters in the game. And I'm like, what up, haters? Villains so, go. So you're using uh
1: guess Cloud of Darkness? Yo. Uh, uh, who else? <laughs> Uh-oh. Go on. Shoot. I I'm using a whole lot of villains. I know Garland's in it, but he's like four star top right now, isn't he? I uh I my, my team right now is Cloud of Darkness, Kuja,
2: um, oh what the hell is that guy's name? The 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 big night space guy. I can't remember his damn name to save my what life. Is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I just have this team of villains, and it's really fun because it's so silly to be like heroes. We need your help. And I'm like, go oh. villains. <laughs> this area. Oh, X
1: Death. That's probably what it was. Yeah, X Death. That's of well, the it, first thing that did. So they started playing the game. Is like as soon as you got the option to make a new party, as like I took out the main characters <laughs> that they had for the plot. Like, nope, 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 nope. Don't care about you.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, uh, I lucked out. I have like a five star. Santa Fina or something like that. And she's apparently very good. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but um, apparently this new uh, Ariana Grande thing is like
1: going to be huge in the game and you get her for free and she's like a six star if you just do it, the missions. It just started today. Circling back to the, the, the whole point of why we're talking about this. They're doing a crossover promotion where Ariana Grande is now a unit in the game. I don't know shit about her. But I know she, she's in like in some kind of bunny outfit. Is that from like a music video of hers? I guess so. Yeah. Here's here's what I know. Apparently, Japan
2: loves like loves that girl, and so because it's a big game in Japan, they are putting her in the game. I think it's as simple as that. I'd love to believe that she's just a giant Final Fantasy fan, but I don't know if that's true. Nah, I
1: can't. It. I,
2: I want that to be my headcanon, that she just loves Final Fantasy. But um, yeah. Ever since I saw that, I thought it was hilarious and i just want to have her in the game and you can craft skills i want to give her all of sabin's skills and make her into sabin and have her just flex <laughs> people like that's my dream is her just to be like oh, this, i can't wait but it is, yeah i don't know i don't know why i don't care why i think it's super silly and super fun that that exists and uh all i'll say is shout out to the real Ariana Grande because yesterday I made a very bad tweet very bad joke she totally retweeted it and now my twitter feed is all like 16 year old girls be like that's hilarious and I'm like damn right it is <laughs> at least really it wasn't funny. them being
0: horribly upset and threatening to kill you because they didn't take it the right way because that has been known to happen don't ever tweet about One Direction there's a piece of advice that I give to anyone with a social media account <laughs> uh, unless you want a crowd of murderous 13 year old girls Threatening to stab you to death, I would suggest not ever engaging in that. If you see a One Direction related hashtag, walk the other way as fast as humanly possible. That's well, my advice. I,
2: I want to know what you were doing tweeting about One Direction. What were you, what were you doing, TV?
0: It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That way. <laughs> I'm pretty
2: sure I, I like got caught imma- up in one. I like not imagine you were talking about a one way road and you were just very mad. You
0: It wasn't even just that hashtag I think it, it, it got rolling off just the words One Direction. And if you used it in any other context, you'd appear in the hashtag feed and then you get swamped by people. It's like, why are you talking about us? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're terrifying. Go away. All right, let's take a break. And we're, of course, going to shill for you for a couple of minutes in regards to Squarespace. And we come back, and we could talk a little bit about Nintendo Switch, of course, because yeah. Mr. Jared has actually played some stuff. We've got some updated news yeah. on that. We'll be talking later on the show, most likely about Gabe Newell's AMA, and a couple of other little things as well. Our squarespace.com slash co-optional link will give you 10% off your first order. I'm about to tell you why, or terrify you into doing so is a powerful motivator, especially in sales. We'll be right back after the break, folks. You are watching the co-optional podcast. Don't go anywhere. It is 2017, which means by international law, you must decide on your New Year's resolutions. Personally, I've decided on 2560 by 1440 at 144Hz, although I doubt the human eye could handle that, so perhaps there are a few more down-to-earth choices for the common folk. Number one, lose some weight. That does sound like an awful lot of work, though, so maybe that's a little unrealistic. Number two, pre-order the latest handheld console. Nope, can't be done. They're only manufacturing seven of them and two plastic toys. On the plus side, that's more than they sold of the last one. Three, fix your terrible website. Aha! Now here's something that any idiot could do. But total biscuit, you say, I don't have a website. Oh, don't think you're getting out of this that easily. Zero is still a number, so your website, whether it exists or not, is still terrible. This logic is infallible because it's based on mathematics, and mathematics can't be wrong. In similar fashion, you can't go wrong with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Well, it is possible. But building a website is so simple with Squarespace that the sheer depths of incompetence you'd have to reach to mess it up would crush a submarine. I'm talking the depths where horrific sea beasts of nightmare lurk. Like this one. Good. God, that's horrific. But with Squarespace.com slash co-optional, you'll never have to meet your demise at the hands of this unholy abomination, mostly because there's nothing nautical about a service that lets you build a website for whatever you'd like with absolutely no experience required and a series of powerful, beautiful templates designed by professionals. What you see is what you get. Get started in just minutes and get 10% off your first order at Squarespace.com slash co-optional. While you're at it, you might as well grab a Squarespace domain name. There's nothing hidden beneath the surface with a Squarespace domain. Unlike the teeming murderous hellbeasts of the deep sea, come to devour you as a rare and tasty morsel. This is the fate that awaits you should you sink to the depths. Make sure you stay afloat with a website from Squarespace. and contractually obligated to use deep sea metaphors during this ad. Am I lying? You wouldn't believe so if I presented the statement on a clean and beautiful website designed with Squarespace. Nothing that looks that good can possibly be wrong. Unlike this terrifying excuse for a fish. Just look at it. God. There is no God. No merciful God would create this swimming avatar of despair. Squarespace. Simple to use. Powerful results. Domains. E-commerce. Professional support and more. Create your website today at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Squarespace. Not owned or operated by the horrors of the deep. We promise. Squarespace. Set your website apart. Like the gaping maw of a primordial! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. So we we really haven't played enough to justify two hours of talking this week, but what we have done is, of course, watched the Nintendo Switch conference, and we're going one better. Mr. Jared was at it and also got hands on with the system, so we're going to talk a decent amount about the Nintendo Switch, I think, for the next hour or so. And mm-hmm. then we'll conclude the show mostly with a little bit of extra news, the releases, and, of course, the Gabe Newell AMA, which is full of tasty little morsels that are worthy of discussion. So, Jared, I'm going to hand this over to you. We'll uh, talk right. initially about, uh, I'd like to hear, one, your impressions on the conference, and then, of course, talking about your hands-on experience, and then we'll get into the overall conference, what we've learned since then, and all that kind of thing at that point.
1: Sure. Uh so when I watched the conference, I was actually already there in New York for that event. And they had us all go into one of the hotel rooms. So it was like a big group gathering of other YouTubers and journalists and reporters all there watching the event. So I had a little bit of a, a different experience because it was just what, wasn't just me there watching it. It was me watching it while everyone else around me was like cheering and hollering and clapping and getting hype. Really?
0: It was not so- a bunch of... Didn- Nintendo fans or Nintendo staff? Please tell me it was the latter.
1: Fans, not staff. Oh god. Uh, All right. It, it was. It was mostly YouTubers. I think they're going at, or people trying to like maybe impress or have fun with other ones. It was people it, who can be very easily bought. Then. Yeah, I was like, I was, I'm trying to really absorb this. So I had a slightly different experience, and I hope that didn't affect me too much, but it may have. Just want to throw that out there. That said, the conference was fascinating to watch because that was the most E3-like conference they did since yeah. the last time they had an E3 conference. It was lasers and people on stage and all this hype and look at all this. I liked a lot of things they saw. I liked a lot of things that they announced. Super Mario Odyssey it looks freaking awesome. Uh, I'm really intrigued by Project Octopath from Square Enix. Fire Emblem Warriors is probably going to be super neat because they did such a good job with Hyrule Warriors. I liked a lot of things that they showed off game-wise coming to the Nintendo Switch. Everything else they talked about with, like, the Joy-Con, HD Rumble, it has the infrared stuff. Cool. Would have loved to see how that would actually work or any game that would use that because that was not displayed at all.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about that. It was... The the rumble was talked about, and I imagine, you know, we, we can uh, it, we can get scenarios in our heads of how that's gonna work. The, that whole infrared sensor on the right Joy-Con that res- recognizes gestures, there was no talk at all about how that was gonna what that was right. gonna do, how it was gonna work, and I assume it wasn't demonstrated at the show either
1: for you to try out. Nothing there that really seemed to use it. I'm really afraid that's gonna end up being like the speaker in the Wii Remote, where mm. people just completely forget about it very, very quickly unless someone comes up with something super cool to use it. But the whole thing is, if they have a game that does use it, it has, it's going to be a game that has to use just a Joy-Con separated from the screen.
0: Yeah. I don't... That, that's, that That is a practicality issue, isn't yeah. it? Because that means that one of the three main modes of using it is going to involve a, something that wouldn't
1: be compatible with that at all. Right. So I don't expect major hardcore games using infrared scanning. It's probably going to be very much like one to switch where it's casual multiplayer mm-hmm. stuff it will be fun that way. But I, I don't really expect a whole lot of really mind boggling uh, uh, ways of this being designed into core games. Can you explain something for me? Cause this is something I
2: did not get while watching the press conference. And I'm hoping maybe you had hands on or some
1: the ice cube thing what the shit was that about okay HD rumble I was trying to figure it out they had one to switch on hands there and they, I got to do three mini games and one of them where is you just you hold the the joy con like sideways like this and you tilt it back and forth and you you feel just balls running like rolling in between and you're supposed to guess how many balls are in your fake box <laughs> and then one of our players closest wins so I was trying to figure it out and I think they just have multiple rumble uh, gyroscopes or whatever within the Joy-Con, just really tiny ones. So you feel each one individually at different intensities, like at least three. I I don't know how else to really explain or describe it, but yeah, there's just multiples in there. So you can tell if it's like on this side or if it's down here. So if you go like this, you'll feel it go from here down to here.
2: It's yeah. It's interesting technology. I could yeah. not for the life of me figure out like how it's applicable to games. I was like, where? What game would ever use the it's, three ice cube? Yeah. yeah. Like I don't.
1: I don't follow you. It's cool. I don't follow it at all. It's it awesome was a
0: haptic feedback, really. By the sounds of yeah. it,
1: it was impressive. But again, it's like, how many uses can you really get out of this? Right. I don't. I don't know, but that. Like, that, that was a cooler thing. Again, very weirdly described and explained within the Switch presentation. That's not one thing, you just you have to get your hand on it to be like, oh, okay.
0: I just assumed that there were ice cubes inside the controller by default, and they had to record <laughs> them once in a while. That was actually the cooling system for the entire right. Nintendo Switch. You know, people were it's wondering how it, could, how it could possibly run portably with that level of power. Yeah, they just shove some ice in the Joy-Con. I, what I will say about Rumble is that, like, that's a feature that most people just seem to like anyway. Like they and really if it if it's doesn't work for you, you just turn it off. I don't think that like the addition of rumble is a bad thing. Uh, I just no. don't I don't know if it necessarily does a great deal. Uh, if we go like down the haptic route and we talk about something like either what Apple's been doing with haptic feedback lately or what Valve did with the Steam controller, I can see the usefulness of it for devices that don't that are more touch based. But for something that has, like, real physical controls, I think there's definitely some real limitations to what haptic feedback can really do to give right. you that additional information. That's the whole point of haptic feedback, being able to use a touchscreen or a um, the the sort of slidey controller that's on the Steam controller, the the disc, the owl disc. Owl's eyes, as I like to call them. Uh, they It feels like you're using more of a physical joystick because of the haptic feedback. But in this, you have a physical joystick, so... I don't know. I mean, well, I'm okay with the Rumble being there. I, just,
2: like th- I was thinking about, like, because it's such a, like, complicated, almost over-the-top form of a Rumble system that I was trying to think of, like, what the best... I was like, how could you even... I think Mario Kart is the best way that I could think of of games they have coming where instead of, I'm on the grass now, I'm rumbling, it's one side of your controller because you're starting to go off your the left course. wheels on the so still, on the hard shoulder yeah, on like, the sand mm, Yeah, you're slowly tilting okay. up and it's like oh shit I got to move to the left now because I'm the, see the right side of my controllers a little out of whack instead of the whole controller
1: Shaking I, I can I, see how that'd be interesting. I played Mario Kart there uh, But we just did the battle mode and I don't recall any kind of Rumbling like that, but I wasn't going off-road anywhere because it was just the battle mode right. and
2: I wish that's- it seems, like, really obvious to me, like, that's- but if it's not in there, I'm like, where would you use it then? Like, it's just one of those things that's cool,
1: I don't know that it will get any use. I hope it's one of those things where, like, we're too dumb to think of all, all the cool possibilities, and Nintendo, that's my hope. Like, <laughs> check this out, man. And
0: we're be like, oh! The Nintendogs situation, where the, right. everyone was like, the DS is shit until the Nintendogs came out, and then it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. You know, when right. it comes to the use of the stylus. Incidentally, I was an early adopter of the DS. It wasn't shit. The Age of Empires game that came out on launch for the DS was fucking awesome. I remember I went to the first BlizzCon. The DS wasn't out in the UK yet. So I went to a fucking random game store and bought a used DS with a well. copy of Age of Empires and then lost it on the London Underground. Oh. I got it back. I got the DS okay. back. Didn't get Age of Empires back, though. Apparently, that was far more viable and valuable than the console itself. But I yeah, I mean, you, you may very well be right that it's another situation where Nintendo has to show its usefulness. But the problem is sometimes it doesn't work out for third parties. Uh, the, it worked out with a DS, but with the 3DS, like I don't feel they showed uh, the usefulness of 3D enough to make it a thing. Was it what Super Mario th- Land 3D was probably the best use of 3D on that system? And that wasn't enough yeah. to, to get no, the parties excited pretty much it. it.
1: And that's the actual three of the 3ds is all but moot.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a thing that anyone uses anymore. Like, yeah, hell, that's why they made the 2ds and took it out. Yeah. <laughs> but and, and with the Wii, I, I think with the Wii they they did a pretty good job of it. Although it did result in unholy amounts of carnival games bullshit with the motion controller, which maybe yeah. didn't really help. And there were some good examples of the controller being used, like Red Steel 2, I think, is a really good use of the Motion Plus. Yeah. And they probably got that idea from the Metroid Prime ports, I think, uh, from how well the Me- Metroid Prime on Wii is great. because yeah, it, it. Yeah, the, the pointer is awesome for first-person shooters in that way. So that was a bit of a mixed bag. The Wii U, I don't think anyone really used the... So it needed
1: third party support
0: to even yeah exactly you needed actual third party games to do that yeah. I think Monster Hunter used the screen as an inventory which was helpful that was great. there's a nice little feature in Tokyo Mirage sessions where they use it as a as a phone basically and you get text messages on it which is kind of neat uh, but like it was very utilitarian I don't think like anyone really did anything great with it and hell Nintendo did shit with it like Star Wars Star-, Star Fox not Star Wars Star Fox yeah. Zero uh yeah so i don't know you might be right though like maybe nintendo has some great ideas for it and could show devs how to use it as long as it's not too hard to implement
1: i'm hoping that's the case but there yeah there's nothing there that was like so mind-boggling cool i was like oh my god hd rumble is where it's at that's a shame i get it
0: definitely a shame i had hoped that for all of those features that have had something on hand which would have definitely demonstrated the power of it so that people wouldn't be asking these questions anymore right but even with this one hour conference, people are still asking a ton of questions, but tell me a bit about the stuff that you actually played on the system and
1: uh, what you thought of it. Sure, so I I will say the system overall, it's not gonna blow you away. You're not gonna like play it and be like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I've said it before, and I know some people disagree with me, but hopefully, I I can explain myself and try to make it uh, make sense. This is the least Nintendo-like console Nintendo has made since the GameCube. Okay. In that all of those consoles since then have had a really main gimmick that has affected the gameplay in a very particular way. GameCube had, like, the Wii controller, even the GBA connectivity. The Wii had the obvious motion controller. The Wii had the touchpad. The Switch, the main thing is that it's a console, and you can switch it to a portable. That doesn't affect the game at all. Unless like there's a game that comes out it's like oh no we have to hide quick switch to portable mode, but I don't think they're going to do that. So like the ma- Switch's main gimmick, I feel just doesn't isn't actually like a gimmick that affects the console itself. So because of that, this is more in line with a a mainstream core console, whatever you want to call it, uh, that they have in the past, which is either good or bad depending how you want to look at it. Good in that it's more in line with like say ps4 or xbox one and it should be easier to make it more uh, appealing to those kinds of consumers potentially bad because you're not going to be seeing a whole lot of crazy new innovative stuff out of it for example i didn't see a single game there that used the switch's touch screen at all and it's supposed huh. to be a multi-touch screen i would have loved to see some things that actually use that and there's nothing there
0: it's weird isn't it because you've got the situation where some people will claim a lot of the Switch's gimmick, but I'd say, like, the main Switch functionality of it has three modes of play is not a gimmick. I think that's utility. Yes, I think I agree. Stuff like the gesture stuff, that's that's a gimmick, potentially. HD Rumble I mean, potentially a gimmick.
1: The motion controls is better or worse standard now. PS4's got it still in the DualShock 4. It Even does, the Pro yeah. Controller for the Switch still has it in there. Like, it's, it's just a thing that we have now. And thankfully, most things allow you to give you the option to turn that off. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it's, with, the, with the PS4, it's actually an interesting comparison because how many games use it and uh, the swipe pad as well, how many games use that right. other than just using it as a button? Not many, really. Right. Uh, that's sort of like a, a failed addition, I guess, but it doesn't really affect the functionality of the PS4. Right. You know, which is the, the problem you have is, I guess, when you shove too many weird new things into a system, does that affect its viability as a system overall? And what you brought up in regards for being a home console is interesting because, yeah, I mean, it will function as one. The issue is obviously it doesn't have the power of a PS4, even like you know the regular PS4. It's definitely not got the power of a PS4 Pro and Scorpios on the way. Oh, certainly well, certainly not. No. Yeah, I wonder how much concern that's going to raise in core gamers at all. Although, no. if you really care about the performance, you're probably already on a PC, right?
1: Right. That's kind of my thoughts. Like, if you really care about high specs, like. PC is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Well, th- then this is a question that I had. Then, <clears throat> do either of you think that
2: because it also is, it, I mean, it's lower specs already, but because it also has to be portable, that because they wanted the portable version to kind of resemble what you were getting already with the like console version of it, that overall graphically everything's I don't know, if dumbed down is the right word, but is lower. Do you think that's gonna end up being like? In order to keep everything sort of the same, everything's going to be lower overall.
0: I mean, it, yeah, I mean the, the screen on the thing is 720p. We know that. Um, I'd love to hear what your impression of that screen is, considering you've actually seen it in action. Like, does it yes. look good?
1: That screen is freaking gorgeous. Cool. Like, the moment where you take it off the dock to play, like, it's instant. Maybe like half a second of it going from TV to in your hands, and it's freaking beautiful. Uh, my first, I was like, "Oh wow!" I was supposed like the PS Vita screen, but it actually looks better than the PS Vita screen because it doesn't have a higher resolution.
0: That. In cool, like the Vita screen was good; like yes, it, it was, was a nice screen, and that ran at nine sixty by five four four. Which to especially if you're on a PC, that sounds ridiculous. But bear in <laughs> mind that it it was quite it was a fairly small screen, and it was a very vibrant screen. It was a very yes. colorful screen. It did color reproduction really well. Uh, I love. I mean, I, I still think the Vita's is a fucking phenomenal handheld. But you know, it is. Unless you want to play visual novels on it these days, you're
1: not going to get a lot of support. Yep. The same on the Switch. Gorgeous screen, very bright, very vibrant. Like, that that was probably the biggest wow moment to me at the whole time. So when I first got to take it off and see it just being played on the screen. I was like, oh my god, that looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Another thing uh, I actually tested this with uh, two Zelda stations next to me is that there were reports early on about how the Switch could perform better while it's docked versus mm-hmm. it being in portable mode. From yeah. what I saw, not the case. It is the exact amount of power and the exact same kind of performance. There were no issues. I had like a Zelda. I had two Zelda stations and uh, one was open next to me, so I like. Pressed start on both at the same time, like I popped off the switch, and like just kind of looked over at the screen and kind of did that thing, mm-hmm. as they're going at the same time and trying to like awkwardly run around with one hand on each controller. Okay, didn't see any kind of performance issues or slight lowdown in uh, processor hertz or anything like that. V- so versus one versus the other. Answer.
0: Yeah, it seems like what they're aiming for with their first-party titles is parity in performance, but obviously 1080p or 900p versus 720p. And you're going to get a performance boost from that. The
1: Oh yeah, the, it's for sure sharper image on TV. Totally. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, but the frame rate is pretty similar. Unfortunately, of course, we do now know for certain that uh, despite what other sites had claimed that they've been told by Nintendo, and it's possible that they were told this or that they were just making shit up, that the, p- the reps at the time didn't know, Zelda does not run at 60. It's confirmed to 30 oh, no. FPS now, which is unfortunate. Uh, and uh, Considering all the rest of the games are running at 60, that's, uh, uh, to me, that's bad but then again when was the last zelda game outside of hyrule warriors that ran at 60
2: yeah it still looks awesome oh it's beautiful It plays awesome everything
1: i've played with it so far it's a really fun game so i'm super excited for it yeah i I do want to touch on this a little bit because i've been seeing reports about this going out for zelda as well and it's frankly misinformation i want to clear it up a little bit it is absolutely 30 frames per second and there's a lot of reports out there it's like I, the people saying uh, frame rate dips a performance issues while it's being played on the Switch. And that's half true. The They had two demo stations set up at this event for Zelda. One of them was a uh, hands-off demo where a Nintendo representative played through it for you, showing off uh, a Guardian fight going through one of the shrine dungeons and taming horses. And another one was uh, hands-on playing the literal beginning of the game but that demo that they have for the beginning of the game that people actually got to play was the exact same build of the game from last e3 that was playing on the wii u
0: yeah the build is old which does mean that if people are reporting frame dips it's more likely due to the age of the build not due to the game i imagine they'll be able to get it to 30 and keep it at 30 stable with i
1: think so too and Play I played it at E3. Even at E3, I noticed there were frame rate dips and it chugged in a few places. Even at this recent Nintendo Switch event where that Wii U E3 build being played on the Switch, I still saw some of the chugs in there. But the new demo build that they had that was uh, hands-off direct feed capture that was on the Switch that I hadn't seen gameplay of anywhere before, that ran beautifully. I saw no issues there. Mm-hmm. So the reports, everything coming out saying like, oh, it's... Oh, Trugs and runs like crap not entirely true i'm not saying that won't be the case when the game actually comes out but that was because it was using an older build
0: yeah well if they're targeting 30 and not 60 that's a far more realistic goal you know if if what was said because there were several days before nintendo finally came out and said yeah it's a 30 i think it was like either today or yesterday they confirmed it they allowed these rumors and even though these sites had claimed that they'd heard it from nintendo themselves to kind of run amok for a while Yeah, sure. They'll be they'll be able to keep it at thirty. It's a shame that it's not at sixty. You know, the rest of their stuff. Mario is at sixty, based on what we saw. Splatoon is at sixty. You know, Mario Kart, of course, is because it's been that way for ages. And I mean, honestly, that's what I've enjoyed about Nintendo's design philosophy with their first party stuff. Most of it is sixty. They don't they don't make games to compete on a graphical powerhouse level with stuff that's on other machines. But they pick aesthetics that still look good. That, really? i mean you go like i mean i'd say t- i use the term timeless for a lot of their stuff like um i, I don't necessarily think that you know the, during the n64 era that was true but that was the shitty polygon era none of that stuff was timeless yeah. but you the modern stuff i mean mario kart 8 is gonna look good in 10 years you know, windmaker gonna... 10 years later it looks
1: yeah, good yeah. hd still looks good yeah.
0: oh yeah because they're non-realistic aesthetics and you can do a lot with a little when you pick an interesting aesthetic to go with.
1: Super Mario still looks good. Yeah, and Zelda does, it does look awesome. Oh, Again, yeah, I love the aesthetic. you actually get the play to have in front of you. The opening scene, like, it's breathtaking. Like, I got legit, like, emotional, where within three minutes, you go from Link waking up, putting on his clothes, walking out, and the game just pulls the camera back, just says, this is your world. You're going to be going through all of it, play and it's like the best introduction to an open world game i have ever seen far better than all of elder scrolls's uh you're a prisoner here's a crappy tutorial escape mm-hmm. um, yeah. you have to go through before you're finally open world. like it just puts you right in there at the beginning it's like holy crap it's awesome cool uh let's what else did you get a chance
0: to play on the thing while you were there you would you mentioned one two switch uh was was it just one minigame you played or they they had
1: had a few they had had like these weird like phone booth uh stations set up we like walk in there to like kind of close off the sound so you can hear each other and the switch okay Uh, i got to do the uh, cowboy one uh samurai one and then the ball one uh the cowboy one is exactly what you saw in the, the the trailers where you just look at each other and you wait for a sound cue and you quick draw and you hit the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game actually does know if you're like pointing your controller down or not and not just like staying here. It to stop cheating, it. yeah. You need to put the actual motion in there. Uh, the sword one was one player uh, fake holds a sword in their Joy-Con and the other player has to catch it. So it's huh. kind of like the quick draw one, only it's up to the other person when they actually swing and you have to like bring your hand up and hit the uh, trigger on the Joy-Con to quick... Uh grab it. These these games don't use the screen, do they? No, you really just play with each other and the screen is just there to be like, go, here's a one. Huh. Yeah, that's, it's that's, interesting. That's, that's the whole point of the one to switch.
0: Real interesting because it, it started discussions. Like I think even like someone from Giant Bomb brought this up. Like it's not the usual, oh, you know, this isn't a video game stuff from people who are just super elitist about it. They're like, no, this generally isn't a video game because there's no video. <laughs> so, it's a it's a game sure it's a toy but it's not a actual video game because you need a screen for that
1: <clears throat> right
0: like, i mean i guess that that's right but i don't think it matters really
1: now i will say about one two switch and i'm sure a lot of other people have already said this there is no reason that should not be a pack entitled absolutely should be yeah I said it the same absolutely thing it, it would show in so much more about the joy con you have a two-player game right out of the box absolutely. it's not it, was, it wasn't so fun or so cool. I was like, I'm going to go out and buy that right away for $60 or whatever. No the- way.
0: It, it looks like it worse value than Nintendo Land was. You know, no. I, I like Nintendo Land. Nintendo Land, Land was but it, awesome. Yeah. It still should have been a fucking pack-in with every system right from the start. But it, Nintendo Land is good. Like, there's some good yeah. games in there. But this, no, no, not for not for full price. you got to be kidding me.
1: I personally have no intent of actually purchasing one, two switch mostly because I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of people over to play these very casual two player games with. But if, if you're in a household with brothers or sisters or family members, you want to play with absolutely great game that way, but it's very hard to justify paying that for that separately from the console itself.
0: I have a feeling they're going to plunge the price on that real quick. Like Probably. I, don't think, I don't think that's going to shift units at all. Uh, if they'd maybe put uh, it, it, it because it, there's no video element to it, they can't even exploit the fan service aspect of it. Like Nintendo Land right. uses Nintendo IP. You know, there's a Zelda game and a Mario it's odd, game. There was a like. lot
1: of development costs in graphics. Now, there's apparently oh, literally there's a
0: cost uh, Even if if if, still, even forty dollars, is like not worth
1: 20 it. Twenty bucks, I would buy it in a heartbeat for twenty bucks.
0: I would go closer to ten, but you know, <laughs> regardless of that, though, I mean, it, hey, you if what they should have fucking done, if they wanted to encourage people to use that. Damn, uh, online system of theirs, and maybe they will do it when they kick in the you've got to pay for this. I think in July they said, or August, uh, give one two switch away uh, in the first month and let people fucking oh, keep great.
2: it out of so. Out of all of the launch, because speaking of launch titles, out of all of them, and let's like it's go through... five of them, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, uh-huh. yeah. like
1: one launch or not launch window. Uh,
0: if we're we're I mean, talking like launch more... window, we yeah. can go
1: okay. through spring. Uh, just
2: looking at this, I imagine breath of the wild is going to be the big reason people buy this console just yes
0: it's going to be the same as the wii launch man i was working in a game at the time and i was selling those fucking systems and fuck I my, game's man- tough. <laughs> my manager left me alone that day literally like he didn't come into work because he knew what a nightmare it was going to be fuck him for that he actually got fired for wow. stealing from the till so he was a fucking crook but there you go ah uh, retail but oh, like, i don't going- miss you
2: going through there though it's Sells like all sold Breath of the Wild was some of the big draw. Did mm-hmm. you play
1: Bomberman? Was I I did play Bomberman. Is it good? It's Bomberman. It, I mean, oh, we only, only okay. play the battle mode up to eight players on a single system is super cool uh, now This
0: goes ten on the Sega Saturn Saturn Bomberman. The Saturn Bomberman was product. awesome and all the yeah. different Hudson
1: characters are super cool. Damn right. Uh, but it was a very much Super Nintendo uh, Saturn era Bomberman where it was like top-down view. Uh, we did like one of the classic battle maps. I knew all of the power ups right away. It played just fine. I was using one of the Joy Con controllers, even like the weird middle stick, played just fine. You could choose your different Bomberman colors, and each one has like a different personality. I played as Blue, who looked like he just wanted a nap the entire time. He <laughs> cool. was, was like totally nonchalant about winning. He's like, Oh, you guys blew up. I guess that means I won. You can also, you can, uh, also like change like the little dongle ball on their head. They didn't have nice. any. That's another thing you can uh, change. Uh, it, it was bomberman i have no idea what the single player is going to be like if it's going to be a campaign much like uh, uh bomberman 64 or bomberman 2 i think even had one i don't know what that because they didn't have that uh on display bomberman super fun 30 to 40 dollars tops <laughs>
0: yeah currently <laughs> pre-order for full price for that
1: there's that's probably a lot of placeholder prices i'm yeah, hoping true. 60 for bomberman no no not,
0: not a chance that's uh, it seemed, especially better the game was weird. Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably virtual console versions of Bomberman, and so uh, they all pretty much play the same as long as you're not playing Bomberman Zero. Oh, well, Jesus Christ, kill that right. game with
2: like anything you can find. But like going through the rest of these, I mean, those two I'm really interested in. Uh, then we, but the rest of them just dance don't really care no, don't. one two switch like uh, if it was with the console great yeah. but i'm not gonna buy it no skylanders whatever no one was no.
1: playing skylanders there <laughs>
0: no of course not it's that's available on a bunch of different systems anyway yeah chances are you're not gonna buy
2: it and march's i am satsuna which exists already that's which is only a game you should totally
1: play it but you can play it now yeah. um tetris is coming out and real pop in tetris I, I didn't get to play that one i saw some people playing it I only saw him like at one point playing Puyo Pop, and then was playing Tetris. I think it's just two games in one, more or less. Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, that's not uh, that's not a system seller anymore. I'm yeah, snip, now. Maybe Snipper 30 years ago. Clips.
1: Snipper <laughs> Clips, awesome. Is that fun? What snipper is that? So cool. So this is a uh, cooperative puzzle game where you uh, you're little pieces of construction paper, and you can rotate your bodies. And if you lay each other on top of each other, you press a button and you snip that portion off the other person so some of the levels will be like here's a dotted line fit yourself into there so you have to like rotate your bodies to snip off each other so you can fit within these dotted lines so it's a lot of communication based stuff where you have a, like a single screen of a puzzle but the game doesn't explicitly tell you here's how to solve the puzzle so the uh-huh. one that's uh rick like you clip each other into like a little j shape or into like a box and then you both get into it and the game's like, good, move on to the next stage. And the next stage was like, oh, here's a heart. Figure out how you can fit into a heart. And you realize, oh, one person can't, only makes up like a 3 forces heart. So you need to get two people like in there to play over each other. And then stage after that was just a, a basketball hoop and a button. If you press the button, a basketball comes down. And you're like, okay, well, we got to get the basketball into the basketball hoop. So we we like, I, I clipped them so that instead of like this square Part of the head it was clipped in this way that it became like a little scoop, jumped on my head. I pressed the button, the basketball fell down onto the head. And then we like walked over and he like tilted so that the ball would go down into the basketball hoop. It was just a really cool puzzle game, very charming. It's up to four players. It's another one of those that actually makes really good use of just pulling out the Joy Cons from the sides and playing yeah. it. It's, it's one of
0: the, screen. it's a little Nintendo developed game that's going to be digital only by the sounds of it uh there's no yeah according to what i've looked up there's no confirmation physical edition yet they're looking at like a 20 dollars downloadable title oh that's awesome i mean i think that is a good thing i mean i made the argument up to this point that like this machine's probably going to be like a indie co-op or couch competitive machine like and if if nintendo is actually making games of that model that's good like that that's a good way to lead the way i'm hoping they're making a lot of those sort of smaller um games that really make use of that
1: Yes, between, between, I've had a choice for like a launch day multiplayer title. I would absolutely take Clips over one, two Switch, any day. Yeah. clips is so good.
0: Yeah, you have to wait a few weeks after launch to get it. It is within the launch window, though.
1: Right, yeah, well, don't forget about that one because I highly recommend that one. That was great. Cool. cool. Good to know. Uh, the other
2: two, the other two that are coming, well, three, There, that, that I'm really interested in these three. First,
1: Arms. Did you play that? Arms was the very first thing I played more fun than you would expect
0: it looks good uh, it it looked like a weird cartoon version of virtual on to me especially in the way that it controlled
1: it more or less is i do have I have gameplay videos of all of these over on my gameplay channel pro jared plays if anyone wants to see more to get more uh, thoughts on it so arms big thing that people don't realize you don't have to use motion controls there are options to play the game without motion controls now yeah. there, we we had to use motion controls because they wanted to show off the Joy-Con. So I had, I had yeah. the two Joy Cons uh, with the uh, wrist strap attached to it, which isn't just a little thing that ties on. It's actually a whole like shell that clips onto it and extends the oh. shoulder buttons so they're a little more comfortable on your thumbs. Okay, that was one of the things I actually liked about the uh, the wrist strap connectors. So you hold it like this. You got two buttons: a ZL, ZR, L, and R. Uh, L did a dash, R did a jump, you hit both at the same time to activate your super ultimate move. Uh, And then for controls, which works surprisingly well, is like you tilt them in the directions like go left, go right, forward, back, uh, jump, push them together to block, Uh, and then to punch was just punching forward, or you can twist your punch so your arm went that way. One of the things they did with that that gave the game more depth that yeah. I wish they showed off more in the actual initial trailer was that between each each round you can change a weapon on your fist. Oh, they have different properties. Okay. So it seemed like each character had like a standard boxing glove kind of punchy attack. Uh, the character I played as I played as a, a Ninjara who had like a, one fist was like a chakra. I changed another one into like a, a trident kind of thing. So one had more of a vertical uh, coverage, so the one had more horizontal. I'd imagine it probably adjusts punch speed as well. I couldn't Mm. tell you for sure. Mm. Uh, So you could do like air dashes. The ninja's special thing, like when he dashes in midair, he actually vanishes for a brief moment. So it helps mask your movement to your opponent. If you hold the uh, dash button, it actually charges your fists. You can do like a slightly more powerful punch. If you punch both at the same time, it allows you to grab them. And that's the best way to uh, get through someone's ultimate Uh, But if you see a grab coming in, you can try to jump and dodge it or punch your way out of the grab before it actually lands into you. So it did have way more depth into it than you thought. I even tried to do the Wii Sports Boxing thing where you just go like this (laughs) if you win because I wanted to see. Not the case. All that happened is just maybe grab over and over again, and I was a huge target and it didn't work at all. So it is much more like virtual On, where you have to be very uh, particular with your movements and your dodges and your jumps. All the characters have different... Uh, stats and uh, abilities. The mummy guy was super slow, but he had a crap ton of hit points. Ribbon girl had a quadruple jump, so she could stay suspended in the air quite a bit. Plus, her fist weapons like one of them I changed into like party poppers, so instead of punching, she like shot confetti at them instead. So it was like kind of like a little mini ranged weapon. Didn't do a whole lot of damage, but that was cool. Uh, arms was another one that I had way more fun with than I really thought I was going to. Cool,
0: I, I like the look I- of it when i saw it i gotta say uh the only concern i had was the motion control thing in the sense that if you make it a competitive game tying it into motion control has two disadvantages one the inherent potential inaccuracy of motion control and secondly how tired you get for long you know, long play sessions but the fact that it does have the option to play with a regular controller just kind of gets yes. rid of that problem
2: can i can i tell you what my dream my, my dream is going to an evo and seeing this fought like real <laughs> steel <laughs> Where competitors are like real steel, yeah. and they're like,
1: "Oh shit!" and they're like dodging. That'd be amazing. It would be
0: hilarious to watch. Like, yes, I, I, think I it's... don't think
1: it's Evo worthy. I don't think it's quite there in terms of uh, depth and complexity. it's like a neat little side thing, and people are displaying it. I don't think it's quite there outside of Evo. Like in but... the lobby, yes. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> like You're at conventions,
2: and people are like, "Come on, buy, throw him down, to arms, baby, ready to go." He's like, From "I like, love that." Time. That. Yeah, man, that, that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, shit, we're real steel now, son. We're
1: real steel. I'm
2: so excited.
1: Uh, I do want to see what kind of single-player mode or campaign it has on lockables. It has to have some kind of online to really justify paying full price for it. There's only five characters there. I'm sure there's going to be more or perhaps even some DLC characters, but what I played of ARMS was very positive. Cool, cool. All right, well, yeah, then, uh, like the did you that. play...
2: Any of uh, you said you played Mario Kart Eight, yeah?
1: I assume that's just I Mario, Mario 8. Kart Eight. Awesome. Is it? Oh, is it? Well, big thing with Mario Kart Eight is that the battle mode is back and it's good again. Cool. Played Mario Kart Eight on the Wii U, they had battle mode, but it wasn't really a mode. It was a battle race. You picked any of the previous courses from the game, like your standard race course. You just go in any direction and you kind of battle, but not really because you're still making laps, it's super boring and stupid, and you're better off just standing in one place and letting people come to you and hitting them. with yeah, stuff. Yeah, you need an actual arena for that mode. It was really dumb. This yeah. brings back actual battle mode arenas. Uh, I played on a... Uh, one of the new maps from Splatoon 2 was a battle map in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and I was playing as a Squid Girl. So you have uh, you have like the five balloons. It, the mode I played was point-based, so as you uh, dealt damage to Got uh, balloons, you, like, you got a point. If you got hit, you lost a point. Uh, if you lose all five balloons, you like die for a few seconds and you come back with three balloons. If you die from there, you die for a few seconds. You come back with one balloon. Cool. Holding two items was a, a big game changer, especially for battle mode. I don't know if that's going to be the case for the actual race mode. I think it is. But having two items for battle mode was awesome. I also got to play on a remake of SNES Battle Circuit 1, the first battle map from Super Mario Kart and Super Nintendo. Only they changed it so they put some ramps in there so you can use like the hang glider. You can drive up onto like the different colored rails to get around stuff. They brought back the feather, allowing you to do a jump. And if you land on someone, you steal a balloon from them like the mushroom. Uh, And the uh, Boo is back so you can steal items from people again. So I would say Mario Kart 8, still super fun. It's Mario Kart 8. It's hard to not have a good time with that. Yeah. I think it's worth buying on the Switch. If one, you did not have Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, this well, one's totally, absolutely yeah, awesome. yeah Or if you had Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, but you didn't get all of the DLC, then I think it, you could uh, justify having a fun, good price with that. However, if you had Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, and you bought all the DLC for it and had everything and already played a bunch of it, uh, harder to justify paying for it again mm. on the nintendo switch unless you really want to play the battle mode or you have a bunch of money laying around sure. but yeah, mario man. kart 8 is still yeah it's hard to not be a solid title when it's a port of an already solid title yeah of course cool. we played on uh, ad hoc mode we just had just the tablet screens It was a little setup as uh just the four of us uh no connection issues it was super fast uh very easy to set up and do
0: yeah and that'll go up to eight apparently with that yeah. sort of uh, that wireless LAN mode which is great i That's also a great way of avoiding their online system, which is probably for the best, let's be honest. Another
1: thing I noticed, and this is my own speculation, it's not confirmed anywhere, is that I'm pretty positive. Because of the nature of that Wii U tablet screen, I don't think the Switch is going to ever support any kind of four-person split-screen local multiplayer games.
0: Well, it's just too small, right?
1: Exactly, it'd be way too small. So yeah. I don't think they're going to have that at all. So when I was playing Mario Kart, they had a one-person mode and two-person mode, but not three or four.
0: Yeah, so- some people have already sort of said that with the tabletop mode, the chances are that screen is just going to be uncomfortably small unless you're really close to it.
1: It would be. It'd be so terrible for a yeah,
0: four-player. I'm a bit concerned about that, um, honestly. I have to wonder if that's going to limit the ability to play stuff. like, let's say you put Towerfall on it. I, I have a feeling that that screen might be a bit small to play multiplayer Towerfall using a single Switch portable screen. That yeah. may very well limit it.
1: Yeah, so because of that, I don't think games are going to be programmed to have four-player split screen. There are four-player local multiplayer games like Bomberman. That worked great, but for actual, where you, have, you need to have your own perspective and divide it up into quadrants, I just don't think they're going to have that at all on the Switch and just not bother
0: yeah yeah that's that does seem likely it's even a concern even if it is a single screen game because a lot of those zoom out quite far especially with uh, more players so you might run into some real issues using that tabletop mode to do that if you don't have a tv which that would that would be a real kick in the teeth Um, i'm hoping i don't know i'd I'd have to get my hands on it to try it out but the main reason that i'd want one of these things is as a portable couch co-op couch competitive machine and if that if that screen just isn't up to snuff then that might cause a problem with that
1: did you play uh has been heroes i didn't get to it all i walked by it several times i was like i really want to see what that's about and i didn't get to it all all i could see was a some sort of indie strategy rpg game just from like the brief times i got to walk past it yeah. i really wanted to i sadly didn't the tree uh... house made it look kind of like plants
2: versus zombies kind of it's like- a bit
0: like that yeah it's um there's quite a few games on mobile that I think are relatively similar to this. This idea of sort of a just a, a running battle RPG that's kind of all plays out in real time. But this looks like it's a mm. lot more in-depth. It's actually by Frozen Frozenbyte, the guys that made Trine. Mm. I was initially confused because oh. I thought that I thought this was the new No More Heroes game. It has been Heroes. I was like, no, it's nothing like that. But yeah, I, I think it is by Frozenbyte who make good games. Trine 3 was a bit of a misstep, but hey, you know, we all have those. Um, and it does look like a more complex... Uh, strategy action version of those mobile side scrolling RPGs. I uh, so I'm, I mean, I'm in on that, but it's also multi format, it's coming out on uh right. PC, PS4. It's not, it's not an exclusive or anything.
1: All right, hmm. did not play Has Been Heroes. I played Disgaea 5. How's that? Disgaea 5. It's
0: Disgaea. Right?
1: <laughs> I mean, all right, yeah, I guess you you're look, right. Looked great. I, I don't, not much more to say about that. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh. The other main big moment I also played there. Well, I also played Splatoon. Splatoon two.
0: They had a ve- it was a very limited demo of that, right? Because that's not out till summer. It's not till it's the summer.
1: So yeah, it was very much a demo. They had a single map, which is the first map they showed in the Splatoon two trailer, and they had four loadouts you could choose from: the classic spider shot, the roller, the sniper rifle, and the new Dually's, uh that weapon. Splatoon is super fun, you guys. I don't know how much you got into it, but I really enjoyed Splatoon, and Splatoon 2 was just as much fun. Uh, I was playing on the Pro Controller, and even on, on the Pro Controller, they still had the motion controls on, so it was, you know, right stick to turn left and right, but you can still use this to aim. Of course, you can turn it off, but yeah, even the Pro Controller just has the uh, motion controls in there for aiming. Hmm. It, worked. it worked great. I won a prize. <laughs> i took first overall for my team so i got a little squid boy there's there's
3: been
0: bribed and like in that game a little squid boy thing i mean i think splatoon will be i mean the first one was good the second one probably be good as well i just wonder how how much they're going to add to it how different it will really be i know some people have been reporting the demo didn't show a lot of new stuff but then again it is just a one level
1: demo demo didn't show new stuff at all didn't see anything for going back to Engopolis, any kind of customization what the single player mode is going to be like how much more new it's going to be in the multiplayer stuff but that is going to be a great solid title for the switch because splatoon 2 is super fun
0: yeah yeah we'll see what's going on with that i mean launch window wise i don't know some people are saying that it has a great launch window i don't agree um outside of zelda I think it's it's a fairly the launch window stuff's a pretty hard sell the stuff that's really pushing the system for me such as the new smt game uh fire emblem warriors whatever other fire emblem stuff they announced they probably will announce something splatoon mm-hmm. 2 mario odyssey that's all outside the launch window that's spring to the holidays
1: my argument is very few consoles have ever actually had a good launch day that's true.
0: yeah i mean launch day definitely
1: yeah, especially for stuff that isn't just third-party ports or things you already hadn't seen before. Yeah. I would say maybe the Nintendo 64 was like the last really good one. It's mm-hmm. had 64, Star Wars, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Ever since then, it's a lot of usually port stuff or stuff that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, it'll be like the the first you know, the 1st party system seller, they will yeah. have one of those at least, sometimes two. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're lair quality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So right. That's necessarily what you want. Um, I, I, it's it, it is a good point though. I mean, if we go back to the, I'm just gonna let's go through a couple of those. Actually, uh, what was the PS3's launch? Titles? Oh my god. Um, because I mean, I thought that was relatively strong. Uh, I'm just checking here. We'll, we'll look at the United States the, launch.
1: Was it was zone?
0: Uh Their big one was Resistance: Fall of Man. That was their big Resistance. Killer yeah, which was good. Um they had yeah actually th- this was a fairly weak one because uh, i remember they had genji days of the blade and i loved genji on the ps2 i thought it was a fucking awesome game days of the blade was a huge fucking disappointment that's the giant enemy crab game by the way okay. for those who don't remember <laughs> this thing also came out at 600 dollars, which didn't help it uh they had a ridge racer game for it um but you're right like a lot of this was cross-platform ports like madden yeah. uh, cod 3 was out on launch but that had obviously already been out i think
1: on- Xbox three sixty launch was like Call of Duty two, Gun, Mad No Six. Cameo was their thing.
0: Oh cameo. I was uh-huh. I I was working for all of these and it was, you know, we, we spent a lot of time going over those launch lineups trying to figure out where what what's one, how many of these do we need to stock? And two, which ones do we push on people? Perfect Dark Zero was supposed to be a killer app and end up being a piece of shit. That didn't help. Uh, We sold a lot of copies of that, and then we had a lot of them traded in real fast. Let me put it that way.
2: Look, it was no better earlier on. I remember PlayStation 2, we stayed up all night for that release, and the only game that I could find that was worth my investment, this is why I'm a fan of the franchise, was Dynasty Warriors 2. Yeah, dude,
1: Dynasty Warriors.
2: And that's the very first game I had for PlayStation 2, and it was the first game I had for a while, because there was not a lot of games for that. You know... I became a massive fan of that franchise because of that game.
0: You know, I'm gonna actually disagree on the 360 launch lineup because I'm just looking through it here. And actually, they had PGR three, Project Gotham. That was good. They had um uh you mentioned Gun, of course. Condemned Criminal Origins was
1: launch title. Oh, that, Condemned was fun. That is a that was a good one. I um, remember being launched. Condemned was fun, the first one was.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. Um Cameo, I liked Cameo. I don't think it was usual rare quality, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, obviously COD 2, their version of COD 2 at the time was a very good version of it. They, they obviously had the ports, you know, you had your FIFAs, yeah, NBAs. Uh, you had a good version of Need for Speed, most Wanted on there. Uh, there was a version of Ridge Racer 6, which was good as well. Um, you had a Tony Hawk's game, which was American Wasteland, which was a pretty good one. It, it, they, the thing is that the, there were 18 launch titles in the US and Canada, which is a stark contrast to what we currently know about the Switch, which is five. Yeah, right. That, it was just sheer size. Like, at least you had choice here. No, I mean, you're right. These are not all, like, fucking massive system sellers. And some of them even were shit. Even
1: compared to the Wii U, like, even the Wii U launch with a bunch of third-party ports. Mass Effect 3, Darksiders, Assassin's Creed. Quite that's exactly lot. what I just wanted to go look up,
2: too, is what you, Wii U was. And even they, they had a ton of stuff, yeah?
0: Yeah, the, Wii, yeah uh, the list of Wii U launch titles by region, yeah, is like... There's, there's quite a lot actually you're right a lot of it is third party definitely but they had um a few third party exclusives on there you know Ubisoft went big on the Wii U and obviously yeah. it didn't work out for them Zombie U was the big hardcore one they released Rabbids Land on that on the same day Sing Party was on the same day Just Dance 4 was a release uh title for them uh I thought it was a Raymond on there but I, I guess the Rabbids counts as that yeah but you're right there's a bunch of ports on there there was Epic Mickey 2 which unfortunately wasn't as good as it should have been yeah.
1: The Wii U certainly had a stronger launch lineup, even with it was stuff that was available on other systems, which is in case you missed out on those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Um, I yeah. think, honestly, that's even better for the Switch, which is actually disappointing that we're not seeing a lot of it because of the portability. That is Portable Skyrim is a selling point. I know Skyrim's yeah. old as fuck, but outside of playing it on the ludicrously expensive Razor Edge or like a Surface Pro or a laptop, you don't have a three hundred dollar portable option to play Switch- to play Skyrim on that you can hold in your hands. Yeah, that is so. I mean, I would I would like to see more third party ports just simply on the basis of uh, portability. It is a selling point. People will buy the same game twice if they can play it on the go. Which is not wasn't the case with the Wii U. So it's uh, I mean I guess it's not surprising that we're not seeing a ton of third party support so far, considering what happened with the Wii U but even
1: ubisoft is usually like right there to back nintendo even they're like i don't know last time they had
0: well yeah i mean they got burned they they put they threw a lot in on the wii u and it didn't pan out for them it panned out for them on the wii they sold a shit ton of copies of just dance and uh raving rabbits games and stuff like that but it didn't work out for them on the wii u at all
1: so i do want to also say we kind of mentioned it earlier the nintendo ds and 3ds both launched with super sucky launch lineups 3DS seemed so much for that they'd apologized for it, gave away a bunch oh, yes. of console games, and gave it a price cut. And now, they're both amazing systems and handhelds. so like totally much true. Yeah. Some games out of there.
0: yeah, launch lineup doesn't necessarily mean a lot. I mean, bearing in mind yeah. this thing is apparently already, like, very much sold out on pre-orders and stuff like that. It, it's just, it's a good idea, especially with Nintendo, it's a good idea to wait. I mean, hell, four months after launch, the 3DS had a huge price slash. So if you bought it on launch, hi... You felt like a real fucking sucker. I can't. Remember. God, I bought I think five titles on the launch of the 3DS, and not a single one of them kept me playing. Like I got the um, the Ghost Recon.
1: I did the Ghost Recon too. I was like, oh, XCOM.
0: It was yeah. It was all, it was all right. It was I mean, just okay. It was just yeah, okay. enough. the Pilot Wings I didn't care about really. There was a I got the Street Fighter port for it, which was okay. Soon after that, they released a version of Dead or Alive, which actually played really well. Dead or Alive Dimensions. Uh, but for yeah, you're right. For a while it was a just a bad idea. Um,
1: one of the things uh, I got a, a, an opportunity to actually interview Reggie fils the president of Nintendo of America. And one of the things I asked him was, I said that when the Wii U was launching, I remember that E3, they had a big screen, a big old list, like here's all these companies developing for the Wii U. And I was like, wow, that's really impressive looking. And now the Switch has got this big thing, like look at all these developers making for the Switch. And I was like, okay, cool but you also had it on the Wii U. How are you going to make sure that the Switch maintains that third-party support unlike the Wii U? And he actually had a really good answer for that. And it was basically came down to, uh, they screwed up because their online system was so bad. He was basically, he said, developers like to be able to uh, monetize the things that they release and continue to monetize off them from DLC, or multiplayer or keeping people playing it and nintendo's uh, online infrastructure for ryu just wasn't good for that people couldn't like make expansion packs very easily or do a whole lot of season pass stuff so Bugs. yeah that's one of the things it makes that's
2: sense that's yeah
1: one of the things he they said they're keeping in mind going into the switch is having a way better online system Wish they would have shown something or said something about it but i guess it's better
0: the, as far as we know there's as nothing but negativity know. around it right now because yeah. the only thing they announced about it was it's going to cost money and that fucking virtual console game you get is a rental and not a full you get to keep this thing which means that already right off the bat people with playstation or xbox are laughing at it people with yeah. a pc are like <laughs> paying for online <laughs> what a joke but they they do need to show something good about it because let's be honest like nintendo's always been behind on the online stuff Um, they still don't have a unified account for everything. I wonder what they're going to do about transferring maybe Wii U virtual console stuff over. I mean, hell, you have to pay for an upgrade for some of them if you want to get it from the Wii to the Wii U. And without the unified account, you had to go through all sorts of bullshit to get all that done. Another
1: thing I asked was, uh, how many times do we have to keep buying the same damn virtual console games across all your platforms until it's tied to the console? And he he had a very PR answer, which was... We hear this all the time and we, we hear your concerns and we're working to address it I'm good
0: sure. i would hope so yeah because remember, yeah. you could play your old wii games uh your wii virtual console games or the wii U, will be able to load up the wii virtual environment in that to get to them it's like that's a lot of steps to play fucking super mario yes yeah. a little excessive
1: but they're aware mm-hmm.
0: they'll, they'll have to do something about it that i don't know how far they're really going to go down the digital. Um, Rabbit hole. Considering the storage on that thing, obviously that's got it's got a bit more than the Wii U did, but this I don't, I still don't like this reliance on fucking micro SD cards. They're not reliable across long term. Uh, a lot of them have speed problems. Getting one that's as fast as even a 5,400 modern RPM drive. Not even talking about 7,200 or 10,000. SSDs aren't even part of the fucking discussion. It's pretty fucking mm. hard. You need like a UHS card to do that. Most of them run. Uh, you know, even class tens, I think around 50 to 60, uh, megabytes random read, which versus a modern five, 400 RPM is more like double that, like 110, 120. Um, and the problem is a lot of people are just going to buy the cheapest card they can find. Yeah. And they're going to find that, oh, not only does this, is this not reliable over a long period of time, but it's slow as fuck. So if you're running your games off that, that's going to be a problem for a lot of people.
1: While we're talking about the online, can we talk about the whole app? for voice chat and lobby and the like? Uh, Yes, please. I'd love to know. Have you, you heard about this at all? No. Okay. This is new to me. There's another thing I asked Reggie about or something he brought up when t- discussing their online plans. For voice chat, lobby, friends list, it's not going to be tied to the system itself. Rather, they are developing an app for mobile devices that you use to see your friends list, who's online, who's playing what, and I believe using that for your voice chat. Wait, what? Right. Wait, wait, what? Right, so instead of like having like a headset connected to your Switch and you play, you check your phone and like, oh, Jesse Cox is playing Fire on the Warriors. I'll join in too. And then I'll, I'll connect a Bluetooth earpiece to my phone or something. And I'll call you up to a voice chat over the phone and be like, what's up, Jesse? Let's play games. I either, I was I, my, my like, what? That's weird and different. How dare you? But the other hand's like, oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's, it, I'm curious
2: how much access the app grants people because there's some people, boy, would I love to play the game with them on that app with that phone, but also, boy, would I like them never to know what my phone number is. Like that kind of, Ooh, like, yeah. it, <laughs> like, it's there's, there's a line there that I'm like, I could try it, but I'm a little concerned that that is insane. So right. I don't-
0: I imagine they'll hide that data. Uh, they're good at hiding data for everything else inside <laughs> of a bunch of bullshit, so yeah. they probably will. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I was kind of dealing with a thing in chat where people arguing that micro SD cards are not actually that bad, which again is untrue. Go look at the benchmarks. If you if you want to if you want a one that actually does run well, you are going to have to pay quite a lot of money for it. And again, the problem yeah. is that most people don't, as evidenced by the chat, don't even understand micro SD in the first place, and the fact that there are 12 different classes of them. Yeah. And the your average Joe schmo consumer is not going to go and buy a uhs2 top of the line capacity micro sd they're going to buy some fucking shitty 64 gigabyte class 4 and then they're going to see oh this has like a random read of 30 megabytes per second which is a fifth of the speed of a good 500 rpm drive that can random read at about 110 120 on a consistent basis yes i do Mm. my research
1: right nintendo
0: online yeah a lot lot of other people (laughs) don't obviously but there you go Anyway, so yeah, the online system is going to be interesting.
1: The thing with the app that I was like, okay, I get this. Is say I'm out and about and I'm just playing my Switch and I check my phone and I see someone's online playing. It's like, oh, that way I can easily check to see online while I'm out there so that way I have like a voice chat thing with me while I'm out and about. Mm-hmm. That begs the question, though, if I could check my phone to see who's online to play games with them, how is my Switch going to get online while I'm out and about?
0: Mm, I, mean, I mean that's good use your phone as a wi-fi hotspot uh, i mean the thing doesn't have 4g we know that
1: yeah um, if, if you could set up say your phone as a hotspot that'd be cool
0: yeah you could totally do that that's something you could do right I... now i don't know how the latency will be i mean i use my phone as a hotspot quite often it's okay for media playback for gaming it can be a bit shaky yeah uh, ping is an issue with that but i mean the thing is this it depends where you are if you're in a city you're gonna probably have access to wi-fi in a lot of places if you're in a you know a smaller town or in the country, that's going to be a bit trickier, certainly.
2: Well, I, I mean, I think that goes to what a lot of news outlets are reporting is, and, and this it's weird that out of all the announcements, the one thing that people are, have jumped on because everyone has to hate on something is the hidden costs of the uh, Switch, which is all these extras and bonuses mm. and buying a. Uh, another controller is like 50 bucks and it's well it's, it, eight,
0: it's 80 if you want to set a joy-con 70 if you want a pro Jesus which christ that's a that's a hard sell i mean yeah you know, dual shock and uh xbox one controllers are 50 or less at this point yeah i know the pro's got motion but the whole point of the pro is not using gimmicky stuff like isn't it is Isn't that supposed to be the real controller uh you yeah, we, we don't want that surely in that but i mean there may be third-party solutions to the pro i don't think there will be to the joy-con certainly i can't imagine a third-party company being able to make those right so we're going to be stuck with probably
1: oh, not i believe uh, hori is already planning their own uh, pro controller for launch
0: yeah that would make sense i mean hori works closely with nintendo anyway for that stuff but yeah, yeah for joy-cons though it it is yeah. It's, it's gonna be a it's, that does cost. I mean, the ninety dollars for the dock is the stupidest, and not a lot of people That's are really stupid. There is nothing in that dock. For no, the there fact. isn't. No, there's no.
1: What so, story? Well, I was uh, doing the uh, the Zelda one. I was trying to move things around. I actually looked at the system, and the dude there even told me about it because uh, all of the tablets had like a metal plate on them and a big heavy steel cord tethering it to like a table or desk or whatever. So people couldn't run off with it. Yeah, And he was showing me how in order to actually uh, attach all those cables to the uh, dock, they just had to straight up cut out a chunk of the plastic around on the top side. So they have like the cord going into it. So it looks really nice. And I looked at it and I'm like, there's nothing in there. There's very, very little. So like, it is just like a cheap, uh, flimsy plastic dock just to set it up to play it on the TV. And the fact that it is $90 is very stupid.
2: Yeah, I don't it's interesting. I, I guess maybe that goes to the we're gonna make it $2.99 so we're gonna make everything for else it else We're gonna nickel and dime you for everything else? I don't know. It just seems it's not a good idea. We've seen price. what happens
0: when people I mean, you know, the a lot of the what happened to the Vita probably had quite a lot to do with the price of the memory cards for it. They I'm tried sure to nickel and dime people on that and they got burned for it. Uh, in this case, it runs on regular microSDs, but if you're going to nickel and die put on the accessories, especially for a, what seems to be a bit of a multiplayer-focused console, you're in for a bad time there.
2: Yeah, especially when you're talking about this game has eight players, and this game can do four, yeah. this can do six. All that requires a ton of extra money
1: to get just another little tiny dinky controller. That's My cool. argument is your friends can buy their own shit. Let them bring that over. <laughs> I heard this is the exact same argument when the Game Boy Advance connectors were coming out for the game people like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles or Legend of Zelda Four Swords. I was like, I gotta buy four GBA and four connectors. It's like, no, so, if you no, have friends, you... make them buy their own shit. Exactly. That
0: that that but, is true enough. Yeah. If if your you know your friends also have Joy Cons there, now you've got four of them, which is probably yeah. gonna be enough. You know, you got two each. Uh, yeah. I I think it's it's mostly the dock and the pro. I think you would justify $80 for a set of Joy-Cons because, you know, there's a lot of tech in there. Sure, okay. But I don't the, think
1: I would personally buy an extra set of Joy-Cons.
0: Probably not. Unless I, mean, I lose one. Yeah, I, or one breaks down or whatever out of warranty. I don't, I don't know. But I, I also have to wonder how many people would also buy another dock. I think the the only point of that is yeah. really if I don't want to unplug it to move it to another television, how often am I really going to do that? Like, probably not that often.
1: Which the... Uh... I don't know if I said before, but the Joy-Con controller surprisingly comfortable on its own. I thought it was going to be super small, and too uh, too small for my even my tiny girl hands. But mm. it was actually pretty comfortable. the The second player one that had the the control sticking like in the center of it with the buttons right next to it more comfortable than I thought it was going to be because that was the one I was most yeah, of.
0: some people were weird about that. It's like the stick is in the middle. What the hell? That's
1: it does look weird, but once you get your hands on it and start playing it, it was it, it was fine. Okay, that's fair enough. And so it has a, actually has two extra triggers uh, on the inside of it. When you have the um, the the grip on there, you have an SL and SR button in addition to the ZL and ZR on the top side. What you can do with that, I don't know, but it made uh, it made it look more like a Super Nintendo controller with controllers yeah. in the button layout one of the things I did notice. So buttons are mushy and it's and often and larger than you think, but all the controller stuff that I did play with was comfortable.
0: How would you compare it to the original 3DS's control size? Not not the XL, but the original, because that actually caused me serious finger cramping.
1: Uh, original 3DS? Hold on, let me grab one real quick. Just for like the buttons, you mean?
0: Yeah, just for the buttons and the stick, you know, just everything in general. Like I say, I had, uh, to bu- I had to buy the XL to be comfortable with it.
1: Uh, stick was certainly better. For buttons, uh, it's hard to say anymore because it's been a few days. Sure. I think they're they're, they're cl- probably close to the same size, but the 3S mm. buttons were very like clicky. Okay. Uh, the Joy-Cons were not. They were, they were mushy, soft buttons. Right. Mm.
0: I, have, I still have concerns about that. I have fairly large hands. That might screw me over a bit. We'll see. That's fair.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And all putting right. the grip on does like increase the size a little bit, so it might help mm. you some.
0: Mm, yeah. We'll see. All uh, right.
1: Uh only other games they play that are worth mentioning was maybe like Sonic Mania, which was it was Sonic.
0: Yep. So it looks looks like it's gonna be fairly entertaining. Yeah, I guess. It's very easy
1: to set up the tails mode because you just grab the Joy Cons and you're like, here, your That's tails are cool. worthless.
0: <laughs> yeah. That yeah, seems it seems all right. Obviously, that's multi-format as well, but yeah. Right. All right. Well, that pretty much sort of covers the current situation oh. with the Switch. They they just had a Fire, Fire Emblem treehouse. Apparently,
2: there, anyway. it was super short. So Yeah. yeah.
0: Didn't, uh, basically, it announced um, Fire Emblem Switch working title for 2018. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, we knew. Uh, that's fall 2017. I think all, the only thing they really seemed to confirm was that Krom was a playable character. Fire Emblem Heroes um, is game. Switch and 3DS. That's all. Uh, oh, actually, no, that one's for smartphone. Oh, it's a mobile game. Yeah, yeah. And that's coming out in like two weeks.
2: But Whoa. it's like it's like a Brave Exvius in that it's all the Fire Emblem characters in that game, and you just like are making your super oh, cool God. team. I, is, I
0: would just like them to point it, right. but they're never gonna do that because of course it's a system seller for the 3DS. So yeah. sure. So file I want to give us some final
1: thoughts on the Switch. Yeah, from that. Or do, do you want to say, you don't need to buy a Switch at launch. There's no reason for it. You don't even need to buy it weeks if it's in the launch. The only reason you want to buy a Switch that early is if you really want to play Zelda on it. If you already have a Wii U, just get the Wii U version of Zelda. You're not yeah. going to out on much. It's going to play just as, much, just as fine. You're going to have just as much fun with it. You'll still like it. I personally think the Switch isn't going to be really worth purchasing and owning until about summer sometime, right around when Splatoon 2 comes out. Because Splatoon 2, super fun. And by then, you've got Zella, you have clips. you can look into ARMS. Even Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is also an awesome online multiplayer game that will keep you busy. If for some reason that isn't enough for you, by holidays, when Mario Odyssey comes out, yes, absolutely. Mario Odyssey, It's a Mario game, it's going to be phenomenal. If Mario Odyssey actually comes out this holiday, because I remember them saying that for Mario Galaxy once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they so, may very well delay it. You don't need a Switch at launch. You're no. Really, really, unless you really, really want to play Zelda on it, always just the Wii U version is fine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Zelda will shift the units. And uh, as you said, I, I, I do wonder how many people will just buy the Wii U version. You know, if they're already Nintendo fans, already own the Wii U, but they're, they're still going to buy the damn Switch on launch in the first place if they're Nintendo fans. So, I don't know, we'll see. Um, yeah. I, I'm probably going to wait a bit because there's nothing on launch that I actually want to play. So. I'll wait, you know, a good few months and then see if it's worthwhile there. Uh, I do, of course, want to see more about the online system and please yeah. don't suck. I mean, But you know, if you
1: get it early, get snipper clips. I'm telling you.
0: Good to know. Cool. All right. Well, considering where we are right now, I think we're just going to run all the way through to six at this point. So let's move on, unless anyone desperately needs to leave for a couple of minutes. Are we good? I'm all right. Let's go. All right. Let's move on to the uh, Gabe Newell Gabe. AMA. Uh, so, of course, Gabe Newell, the founder of Valve, big head honcho of Steam and all that, that he did a AMA on Reddit, which is an Ask Me Anything, so basically a big Q&A. And there uh, were a lot of fairly important points that were brought up, as you might imagine, as a result of this AMA. So there's a few things that I'd like to talk about and discuss. Let's see. I'm going to scroll down here and... Uh, see what the you know the first really interesting one was uh ah yes the first really interesting one for me was the um, the discussion of uncensored games on steam uh so the poster pointed out that games like gangthen of the golden lightning and lady killer in a bind are being sold on steam already and you could argue that they contain pornographic content Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of games that came out of Steam up to this point that had censorship uh, to take a lot of that content out. And some of them have uncensored patches that are available outside of Steam. They're just not allowed to host them on Steam itself. And, of course, some are just, well, you know, you can't you know have, the, have this degree of nudity in it and so on and so forth. Um, so it's becoming a big issue because of the large amount of Japanese visual novels and erotic games that are ending up on Steam. Uh, so the question was would you ever consider allowing uncensored video games containing pornographic content? Or where do you draw the line? Right. Uh, his answer was fairly short, but it's worthy of discussion. He said, in principle, there are two problems to solve. The first is completely uncurated distribution tool for developers. And the second is a tool set for customers to allow them to find and filter content. And people are an instance of content, most obviously in multiplayer, that's a weird sense, that is best for them. Uh, so what he seems to be saying out of that is they're not fundamentally against the idea of adult games as it were but in order to support more of them outside of the stuff they're carefully curating like lady killer and a bind etc they would have to have a more robust both publishing system and filter system in the client so that people that didn't want to see that didn't see it etc
2: Right. Cause, uh, and I can imagine the backlash that would occur if just you logged in one day in the front of your, there was like, a like boobs, the game. And you're like, Oh, my family doesn't want to see this. Like I can understand that. So he makes a valid point. I think it would be great if they could find that sort of like, yeah, it does exist for people who want it, but
1: we're not going to dump it on the front page yeah they have an or just only section of steam where they yeah, do follow like very route and like you have to answer three questions that only old people would know <laughs> yes, yes, that that get into it. it's like what does vcr stand for no good anymore yeah. man
0: we got wikipedia that's a it used that used to be a foolproof system of stopping yeah. kids from playing it but no that was ingenious back in the day uh, that and code wheels incredible
2: uh, code but, wheels. but what it does do is it also gives them the ability to say well this kid went online and looked up those answers and he went in there so clearly his intention was to get into this system so parents if yeah. you're angry be angry at him not us yeah, yeah you've got you need plausible
0: yeah. deniability you know i mean yeah they'll they'll obviously be some kind of age gate because everything like that needs a uh, age gate in certain countries how strong the age gate is will be interesting because of course 95 percent of people were apparently born born on january 1st on steam because of us <laughs> <this laughs> stupid little age yeah. gate things that come up Um, I think an adults-only section is a good idea. I mean, uh, because as this guy's pointed out, there's already games that have crossed that line. And also, a point that a lot of people don't usually bring up, because who the fuck buys these on Steam? Steam sells movies now. And a lot of those cross that line in many ways when it comes to the content. So it would be hypocritical, certainly, and inconsistent to allow movies that have content like that and not allow games. And more to the point... It's ridiculous that there are so many restrictions in that re- sense in the first place. You know, It's an outdated idea. It's something that retail stores basically capitulated to, but outside of a physical retail store, you don't need to capitulate to that. Right. If you're a digital store, there's no need. And it would be good, I think, for Steam to implement that system. But they are correct in the sense that they don't have the facilities for it yet, which <laughs> is a problem with a lot of stuff on Steam. I mean, he talks about content curation that's i mean content curation on steam is already a huge problem the curator mm-hmm. system sucks so i tell you that as the yeah. person that's got the biggest curator on there it's shit
1: i feel like they need to worry about all the shit games before they need to worry about the titty games
0: which is a great segue to the question no. about shit games yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um because there was that i'm just i'm just scrolling down to find it. there we go his answer to this was uh a little evasive, let's say. Uh, So this question came in and it mentioned the statistic that nearly 40% of all Steam games were released in 2016, which is true. And he said that a lot of people believe that the platform needs more strict policing when it comes to quality and that a fair few games release are never up to the quality one expects from PC gaming's biggest storefront. There's a flood of games which makes finding better games harder and it's, you know, it opens people up to scams. and Mm -hmm. and really really shitty software that drags the whole quality of the store down Uh, he asks what is valve's take on this does it feel like the current state of affairs is good even if the flood of games is not stemmed will the curator and tag system become more robust his answer is there's not really a singular definition of quality and what we've seen is that many different games appeal to different people so we're trying to support the variety of games that people are interested in playing we know we still have more work to do on filtering those games so the right games show up for the right customers it's the first bit of this that I've got a bit of a problem with, because that it's it's playing the subjectivity card when we're not talking about, oh, this is just a game I don't like. We're talking about a game that doesn't even fucking run, or that uses stolen assets, right. or that's a blatant, just a game that was built from pre-built shit on the Unity store that was thrown. I mean, there's like 20, 30 different versions of the same zombie shooter game that's all pre-built Unity shit. These asset flip games. There's games that are designed solely to get idiots to buy them for a dollar to get the trading cards. And the problem I think I have is that Valve has a vested interest in allowing those to continue because they make money
2: off of that. That's they what I was going to say. The yeah, they have no system. interest in being like, sorry, we, we're going to get rid of those because it's still money. Mm-hmm.
0: It's real rare for them to do anything about that. There were, uh, yesterday, they actually removed a game from Steam, um, which is rare, but they did it, uh, Art of Stealth. Yes. Which, incidentally, a day before that, had decided to threaten Jim Sterling. Never a good idea. Don't do that, idiots. And they got removed for faking reviews, basically. They they used multiple accounts to post positive reviews of the game. On the platform, they lost their storefront as a result of that.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm, I'm glad to see they're starting to curate that. But, I mean, they, they are... Uh, Gabe is right in saying that they don't have all the systems in place to properly filter. I mean, you're right about that, but will you ever have all of them in place to filter out all of that shit i mean i think it it sort of ignores the fact that steam is used as a discovery platform by a lot of people and that window yeah. shopping is it certainly a thing people do walk into a store not knowing what they want to buy if a store is full of crap i mean it reduces the confidence in the store stores curate that's the fucking reality of it you know if they if they sell something that sets itself on fire they'll take it off the shelves They won't put a really, really shitty product on their shelves, at least not for long, but Valve will. They're totally fine with that. I'm not fine with that. I think that's nonsense. So, I don't know, I'm not so keen on that idea, because I think technically, on a technical level, there is a more singular definition of quality. We're not talking preferences here. If something runs at fucking three frames per second and crashes every five minutes, that's objectively bad. Right. But that's not a, that's, a, there's no opinion involved there. Uh, I don't know. It's, I'm a little worried about that answer because, again, bit evasive, bit like, we got no responsibility for this, bro.
2: But Is, but it's also a like really good corporate answer. And that if he had said, yeah, we're definitely going to look at this and we're going to get some, get rid of some games, then people would have been like, what games? Where's your definition? Where's the line you draw from ruining? And that would have caused a whole other headache for him. So. I don't know it's a non-answer but i think it's like a very corporate non-answer that gets them out of the liability of having to give a real one like it would cause even more drama
0: yeah i don't know i i I say like i if if the curation system was better then maybe it wouldn't be such a problem but the curation system isn't better it's not it's not very good (laughs) and you know as we recently saw with like shit like art of stealth you know just fake a few reviews and you can get a lot more eyeballs on your product and push it up the push it up the charts push it up the rankings get more visibility <laughs> if they don't probably police that i mean this is one of the first times i've ever seen them review some uh remove something for fake reviews and that problem is very widespread unless they decide to police that more i'm not i'm not so keen on that i don't like this whole idea of we're just a dumping ground there's so few few stores that ever accept view that as acceptable uh let's let's see what else we got Th- there was there was a question about um uh, making you know what's the status on half-life 3 obviously that they're, they're being super oh, evasive wow, about
2: that? That. yeah oh
0: they i'm looking to see that there was something about uh the idea that they want to develop ah here we go yes um, this is a really interesting post. Uh, so someone asked, are you planning on continuing Left for Dead? But the answer was very interesting. Products are usually the result of an intersection of technology that we think has traction, a group of people who want to work on that, and one of the game properties that we feel like is a natural playground for that set of technology and design challenges. That, to me, says we want to use uh, first-party developed games as a means to push a particular envelope of either a market or a advancement in technology that we've made mm-hmm. and they've got to that point it almost reminds me of id software's approach a lot of id software games are like we we're building a game so that we can demonstrate our new engine and use it to the best of our ability it was a uh the epic used to do that quite a lot too with their games uh, in this case it seems like valve are like well if we come up with some new technology new engine or new piece of hardware or new business model idea will create a game to push that, which they already did. I mean, you look at what CSGO and Dota did with, um, I mean, in the case of Dota, their free-to-play model, you could argue was revolutionary. Nobody else was doing that, but they also used it to push their marketplace, which is a feature of their their platform. And CSGO also pushed that as well. It wasn't a free-to-play game, but, you know, and TF2 before that transitioned to free to play and went to, for a different business model too so you can argue that those were games pushed by technological innovations on their end
1: i would love to see more left for dead that is based more around a technological evolution rather than say uh different price points or free to play or steam store integration or whatever because even when left for dead came out that was a big deal because that was like asynchronous multiplayer and this weird co-op survival thing yeah, it's more whole or less director the norm now.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Left 4 Dead's still one of the best at it. I mean, oh yeah, not... absolutely. The director system, especially in Left 4 Dead 2, it, it was one of the problems I had with them. Um, the new Space Hulk game, that it you play that and then you play Left 4 Dead, you feel like Space Hulk's levels are always play out the same because they're just set spawns. There's no director that's varying the yeah. the challenge for you as you go along, which feels like a much more natural opposition and more replayable. It's why people are still playing Left 4 Dead 2 to this day. It's almost infinitely replayable on that level. You're totally uh, right, though. I hope that if they do the Left 4 Dead 3, it's not just a tool to sell more shit.
1: Yeah, and that's probably why there hasn't been just a straight-up Left 4 Dead 3 in so long, because they're trying to find something more to do with it rather than just different characters, new levels, new weapons. They want some kind of AI improvement or making it so each playthrough is different. I, th- I would love to see it so that there's actually uh, multiple pathways... That you don't know what way you're gonna go every time, like, uh, like almost kind of a benchmarky. Like you go, you start up at one point one. By the time you get to like the second checkpoint, you end up going through point four branching and paths. Say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just like randomize it that way. And Maybe they yeah can
0: remixing come. parts of levels. I think would, would be great. Right. So you it's can, like pseudo
1: procedurally generated, but not really.
0: Yeah, handcrafted procedural. Like we're yeah. taking we these these bits fit together, but we pre designed them to not suck.
1: Because yeah, yeah, they've they're... already got like the, the kind of randomized enemy placement, but if they could do something like that, but for the levels itself, I think it would. I think that's where where you need to go with Left for Dead.
0: Yeah,
3: that's what I would do at least. Yeah. I don't
1: know, they're smarter than I am.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that's the right way to go with it, and it it does speak to their their sort of philosophy, I guess. Because if you do take their previous games in context, then you can understand. Oh, actually, yeah, you this stuff kind of did make a decent amount of sense uh, because it was pushing something technologically. I mean, they have the Source 2 engine, and I would just wonder what they're going to do with that. Right. You know, uh, outside of... I mean, Source 2's running Dota now, right? Um, but outside of that, what what's going to happen with it? Uh, I don't know. They're they're be- It's weird because obviously they've got their fingers in so many different weird pies right now, especially with the Vive in play. One has to wonder if they'd try anything with that. Not that that's a way to make money right now. VR games are not selling very well anywhere. So, there was that. Uh, Was there anything else in here that any of you spotted that was a big deal?
2: I mean, aside from the fact that he is like, yeah, we're making more... uh, We will either have a Half-Life or a Portal game in the future. Yeah. And he's confirmed that, yeah, that's going to happen. I mean... I don't know a lot of it is people asking things like uh, can i come visit your offices and what do, do you think my dad yeah, yeah like, do people like the... recognize you stuff like so that well, like, this, so. a, this is
0: a fan art that i made it's like yeah okay thanks. yeah so that's good <laughs> use see your time here yeah. i w-
2: i will say a lot of his answers and a few of the questions relate to customer support and even the, his biggest regret is customer support where he's like mm-hmm. if i could go back and change things and start from the beginning customer support would be the thing that I fixed the most. And I guess that's a, it's a cool Sadly thought. It
0: recognizes that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it so, doesn't
0: fix anything.
2: Yeah, it doesn't change a damn thing. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> at least they recognize that it's shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, well, that's at least yeah, we already knew that. I don't think they've ever really claimed otherwise, but it's very much like the way that the company is structured doesn't really lend itself well to that they've got this flat structure where people work on the things they want to work on and no one wants to work in customer support. Simple as that. So yeah. they design automated systems around that. You know, the the fact that you can get a pretty much automatic refund before two hours are done dodges a decent amount of trouble with that, but not all of it by any stretch. Yeah, they need more than that to be effective. Uh, yeah, I think those those three were like the the interesting answers. A lot of the others were just like, will you send me an email? Sure.
1: Will you do an anything? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they were... I will say, I do like he that he said, we're not going to do Half-Life 3 unless we can do something interesting with it, and not just put out a sequel for the sake of having a sequel. <sighs> it's, Although, boy, it's would a, I like one. I would love one, too. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Love it. But I'm glad it's like, what if we really want to actually elevate the game, instead of just putting more out there.
0: It's, it's a very Valve answer. I, I don't necessarily think that that's necessary and i don't know if it necessarily even fits in with their philosophy unless you uh, I, obviously i think you know portal 2 some people would argue is a better game than the original Portal, was certainly longer um, but some people would argue that the first game was better than the second left for dead 2 i think is pretty much universally accepted as being better than the first one but i don't think it was yeah. a seismic uh, um, advancement and i don't think that half-life 3 would have to be a seismic advancement either i mean hell they didn't even finish the episodes for fuck's sake that's
2: yeah. what i'm saying it just have to be a good game yeah it doesn't mean they like blow my mind in any particular way i just would love a continuation of that story slash world yeah, that's they didn't all fucking finish it that's the
1: my only thought is they would only put it out there if they really needed the money but they don't
0: well they don't no of course not they're making so much money god knows what and i guess you can make the expectation argument but uh, so uh, someone's going to be disappointed in half-life 3 regardless it could be the second coming of christ and people would still say that they didn't like overrated it. Yeah. yeah you're gonna run into that you've been, and actually that's kind of a, a ditch that you dug for yourself mm-hmm. you know you you've made it such this you've made it mythical you brought it up to mythical status that you're gonna put yourself in a of forever situation if you're not careful Uh I mean I I don't I personally don't agree with that. I think you you can argue yes that that's a quality control thing. It's like don't make it less absolutely necessary, but I think they've already made games that weren't absolutely necessary. I don't think Portal 2 was a was a necessary game. I don't think Left 4 Dead 2 was either. They're both good, but they weren't necessary. And I think that they could easily do a Left 4 Dead 3 or a Half-Life 3 that wasn't a massive technological leap. In any way. But I mean, compared to because... the last
2: ones, it would be anyway. Yeah,
1: because
0: the time that's passed. Yeah, they have a new engine. Isn't that yeah. isn't that enough? Just make a good Half-Life game on it. Surely, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. They'll do what they want to do, and there's nothing we can fucking do about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel. I feel it's the same way when you see uh, Nintendo events, and everyone's like, "Where's Metroid? 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 What happened to Metroid? Yo, oh, bro, we're God. at the anniversary. Where's Metroid? Where's F 0 yeah, I feel like it's one of those moments where it's like, I wonder if Nintendo has the exact same thought of like, if we goof on another Metroid game, like that's it, y'all. So let's just not.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I don't it's gotten from goofing on Star Fox. I mean, I mean, you could argue they goof with Federation Force on Metroid. Yeah.
2: Federation Force is fun,
0: though. Yeah, it is. It's better. It's certainly, a tone better than Star Fox. But... Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, I don't I don't think that that's I don't think that's a factor at all. I think that they're just. They're just sort of forgetting it, <laughs> just like throwing it to the side for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's that. Yeah, so that was the same. as I say. There was a couple of interesting answers that will no doubt spark discussion. The rest of it was kind of bullshit. Yeah, definitely not one of the better ones I've seen. But hey. Uh, news-wise, otherwise, uh, there was a there's a little thing that's worth us talking about, just because you know we're all on the YouTube platforms. This is relevant to us. I it was either yesterday or today a website published an email that was sent to them by a indie developer that developed something called a game called dead effect and also dead effect 2 Uh, i think they're called black black fly
2: yes i have actually played dead effect 2 a while ago it's not a bad game here's the thing it's not like great but it's not a bad game it's very run-of-the-mill yeah it's like dead space inspired essentially Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's it's a um, yeah. It's just a, it's just a zombie first person shooter really in space. It's yeah. not bad, but again, it, this stuff was originally like aimed for mobile. So it was it was originally a mobile landlord.
2: game. Yeah,
0: yeah. And they so what they did was they um someone had asked for a review code from a website called Cog Connected, and the developer in the email said, which was not a not a good idea at all. Ah. Uh, they said, uh, let me just mention one thing though. This is an indie game, which unfortunately is very often compared with big budget games. And that's quite a problem. It very much damages its reputation in final ratings. Please take into consideration the fact that this game was created by a small team who just try to develop a good shooter game. And that's about it. Unfortunately, a number of journalists have other much bigger expectations from it. That's very damaging for us eventually. That's not too bad. Although a bit, uh, you're trying to play the sympathy card here. Here's the bit that, got people riled also working on several other games that are definitely interesting if your review or preview of dead effect is very negative you won't receive any keys from us in the future
2: here's i i, I almost feel bad for them because i know I exactly do. where they're coming from mentally in that because their game is so heavily inspired by the dead space mass effect like what they're doing it's totally unoriginal. you can't help <laughs> but compare it That's so awesome. most big news organizations will or or, or even reviewers uh, even while playing it just describing it to you i was like it's like dead space right so like you're immediately putting it next to something that is a triple a title because the game's so similar to it on the flip side and and so i feel bad for them in that aspect like that sucks that people are reviewing it like well it's kind of like this but a shittier version of it um but that's what it is. Like, how else, how else do you well, describe it? Well, yeah, that's the
1: reality. It? You know, it's not it's, the easiest way to describe something to someone who has no idea what you're talking about. Compare oh, it to like- something else,
0: of yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that, that's cool. a very common practice in reviewing or any kind of, like, consumer-grade critique. You, you, yeah. use, uh, you use the art of comparison to... Because it's a very quick way of setting someone's expectations. And yeah, you can argue, all right, well, you shouldn't compare Dead Effect 2 to Mass Effect. Well, one, don't call it Effect. But uh, don't compare it to Mass Effect 3 because that was a big budget title by a very experienced studio. Yeah, but your game's also like $3 or whatever. Like, not yeah. $60. It, it, honestly, it doesn't matter because we've seen incredible games come from tiny studios. You know, Journey had, what, three or four people working on it? There's single dev games, fucking uh goddamn uh what the hell's that dust elysium tail was one dude you know? and he made a Valley. one dude yeah that's that's not a good that's not an excuse i i'm sorry like the the price tag is generally what kind of lets you get away with uh, not being so good a game it's like oh are you an indie game you're probably like 15 20 the expectation of the consumer is automatically lower because of that and they don't sure. expect a triple a AAA quality from it but I mean, as someone that looks at both AAA and indie games, I am not—at least I try not to be sympathetic towards indie devs. I looked at what the vision of the game was and whether or not they accomplished it. It doesn't matter yes. if it looks worse than a AAA game. What were you trying to do? Did you do it well? Right. That's the question. Like that. So saying this is just—it's to me—it's playing the sympathy card. It's not a good idea, and. I understand that this was a mistake that they made and they actually have said, you know, shit storm started lesson learned the point of us. The point of the message was just see us what we are, a small indie studio. Okay. I understand that, but
1: don't, don't, don't try to see a game as a game and whether it's fun or not.
0: Yeah. Don't, I don't want to take into account really who developed it all that much. I want to take into account what you did and what you achieved or what you failed to achieve.
1: There's No. no participation awards.
0: No, they really aren't, because we make our videos for consumers to make decisions based on. We can't give out participation trophies in that respect. If it was more academic, then sure. Oh, this
1: games not very good, but guys, they tried real hard.
0: Yeah, trying. Yeah, I mean, that's like, what do
2: enough. you say, Yeah, what would you say in the review in regards to that? Like, well, there's only like eight people on the team, so you know, give them credit for what they accomplished. Like, that's not what it's about, though. That's not what a review is. A consumer yeah. doesn't
0: care how many people are on your team it could be yeah. 2 or 200 it doesn't matter to them they, what they care about is whether or not the product is worth the money they paid for it absolutely and that expectation will vary based on price tag which is why most indie games are cheaper than triple a's which is why they get away with more and that's fine that's okay yeah. but yeah you can't you can't go for the sympathy vote there uh, it's they i think they they just they kind of made a mistake here i i think they should probably be forgiven for it they shouldn't be pinned up and crucified for especially considering english is their second language you know they're they're not an english studio so i don't think they should be crucified for it but i think this is a nice little what not to do story just to remind indie devs this is not the way you do pr people are particularly sensitive to the notion of developers trying to bias their review yeah don't do that don't yeah i think
2: i think it's just it just came as a outlet wants a code okay i guess we'll give you a code but we emotionally have dealt with people in the past that we've given codes to talk shit about our game so we're a little worried so we're gonna give you like I, under- demo, I can though. get the mentality of it all it's just don't do it sometimes just don't do it like uh one of the things you had to learn very quickly in the uh i'm on youtube and the twitter game is sometimes you want to tweet something and you're like you know what i'm gonna delete that and not, not say a thing not worth it <laughs> yeah. yeah just sometimes you have to just learn to just walk like get it out emotionally but walk away don't <laughs> say a damn thing and just be like you know what i'm cool i'm gonna so go I'll find something off. else to do right now
0: yeah it's the, tough what's interesting is they um they, they put out another statement the prepared statement they said we create b-class horror first person shooters on purpose we love it. However, we've experienced reviews that compared us to big AAAs like Left 4 Dead and Mass Effect and gave us extremely low ratings. And for one thing, maybe don't call your game Dead Effect 2 if you don't want to compare it to Dead Space and Left 4 Dead and Absolutely. Mass Effect. <laughs> maybe yeah. don't do that. Sadly, there are reviewers, trolls, who are writing biased reviews. Uh, look, every, look, you might think these reviews are unfair, but every review is biased. There's no such thing as an unbiased review ever. That doesn't exist. Everybody comes in with their own set of biases. It, okay... Right. So, it's you know i don't think that there's anyone out there including the people on this show who could with just one piece of opinion torpedo your entire product i don't think they have that power unless your game is legendarily bad and it's you know again like guys are the fucking wolf Like, Guys the Wolf and Gary's Incident are the two... These are the two studios that literally tried to sue me for saying bad things about them. DMCA'd my videos and stuff like that. That ended up really poor for them. You know, I think they're both out of business now. And obviously, we had the recent thing with Digital Homicide and the devs of um, Art of Stealth. You need to understand that a bad review is probably not the reason why your whole product failed. It probably goes a lot deeper than that, and maybe just not enough you know, people were interested in your product in the first place because it was too generic, it wasn't marketed well, it didn't stand out. And those poor reviews aren't the reason why it failed. And even if they were, that's you need to look at them and say, well, what can I do better next time?
2: Yeah, yeah. If anything, it's a it's a lesson to be learned going ahead, going forward.
0: Totally. It It sucks when somebody writes a review that is inaccurate and you know, slanders, well, I guess libel's a game on that basis. And it definitely sucks if they go after the developer directly and don't say things that are true. Uh, But simultaneously, a developer's going to have a very biased perspective in and of himself as to what is true and what isn't. They live in their own little bubble. You know, they believe their game is better than everybody outside the bubble believes. And it's pretty hard to hear that. And... Okay, we we create B class horror first person shooters on purpose.
1: I not a strong thing to say. No, we don't try to be great on purpose.
0: Yeah, yeah, I it's I it's, it's, it's a like, very
1: odd term.
2: Yeah, like they would have been better off just saying, "Yeah, we goofed, sorry," and not even trying to explain anything. because yeah. the explanation in my mind makes it worse. Like, much worse. Like, we actually set out to make it that way, and you guys just don't understand where we're coming from. Like, no. Oh, we get it. You don't get it. it. Stop my, talking. It's a very <laughs> ma- my
0: artistic vision kind of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, uh, sure, like, it, you can make some comparisons, like, fucking Asylum Films deliberately makes bad fucking movies, and occasionally they do okay, like Sharknado, and the ten sequels that it now has as a result of that. Um, you know, the kind of so bad it's good sort of idea. That's a lot mm-hmm. harder to do with video games, by the way. It's a lot harder to do because you have to actually play them. So if they don't play well, it's really hard to enjoy them. It In this case, it's like, okay, we made something that was not really trying to uh, push the boat out in any way. It's a budget game. I mean, that's kind of what they should have said. You know, it's decent at what it does. It's not going to set the world on fire. Yeah. That And that's okay. There's a market for those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're kind of crossing the line into saying, well, it's bad on purpose. And I don't think Dead Effect is bad per se but it definitely doesn't excel in anything
2: no i mean yeah if anything it's just it's like it's it, i come at it from a bias standpoint of like for what it was i actually kind of enjoyed it because i like the dead space genre and i like what they were trying to go for being a badass in space murdering zombies and shit is my jam i'm fine with that yeah. and but it's not a great game like at the end of the day it's still not a good game it's like no okay It was originally designed for mobile.
0: You know, the original Dead Effect anyway. And the thing is, like, when you do that, like, there's a reason why Dead Effect's review, you know, I'll just use scores for the sake of this, even though I hate it. But the thing is, they will probably look at the scores as well. There's a reason why the iOS version of Dead Effect 2 has far higher ratings than the PC version. Because those two platforms have different expectations. Yep. And we have a lot of really good games of that genre on PC. iOS doesn't. Which yeah. is why it got a fucking 90 from Apple and Apps on iOS, and on PC, the highest review was like a seven. Huh? Yeah? There's a. That's. You should. I mean, you have to understand that. They're different markets, they have different expectations. It's not because you were compared unfavorably well and maybe it is because you were compared unfavorably to that but that's the thing the problem is you're still competing with those p- things there's yeah. still games on pc that people like you're still competing with them it doesn't matter that you don't yeah. have as much money as they do tough shit i'm sorry and if you want to compete to try and innovate then because there's plenty of indie devs with way less budget than you that have outsold AAA games simply through doing something different
2: or yeah. doing and one
0: thing really well
2: and let's not pretend we live in a world where they didn't immediately name it Dead Effect because they were trying to associate it with the other two. Let's <laughs> on not On mobile, they they were just like, we stumbled on that
0: name. Absolutely on mobile. You've seen so many. I mean, was it um, Gameloft? Make a ton of clones of existing stuff you know they've got clones of grand theft auto clones of gears shadow gun i believe was the name of their gears clone modern combat 5 they have like five versions of that game which is just their cod clone that they release every year and they're probably they're fine for what they are but they're still mobile games they're still vastly inferior to the stuff that they're trying to ape so of course you're going to get comparisons you deliberately tried to ape those things like unless you are deliberate you're claiming that you weren't inspired by those other games and which yeah. i call bullshit
2: <laughs> i mean that's what that's why when i first saw it i was like oh i'll play this game because it looks
1: like the other games i played Ooh. that i loved like you can't yeah. say that that's, that's what how most mobile games sell, market themselves in the first place it's like, it is other game you know it is exactly
0: what what they do on mobile so when you port something to that to pc of course you're going to run into problems you're going to run into negative perception if you don't want that, then make a game that's different from the shit you're trying to ape, you know? And don't right. call it dead effect. Because, yeah, of course you're going to get negative comparisons. Ultimately, mm. your game's still $3.50. And is probably... I wonder if this went on sale today in response to this. Because it used to be Maybe. a $12 game. Oh. It's now 3 bucks, um, it Look, it... It's probably okay for what it is for its price tag.
2: It's worth 350 I will say that. Yeah, it's sure. about 350 worth of entertainment. I'll give it that, for sure.
0: Sure, that's fine. But
2: Yeah, I don't...
0: It's like, it... we make mediocre games, then complain that they're reviewed <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> Wait, no, you can't do that. Yeah. You're not getting zeros, you're getting fives, because you made a run-of-the-mill, middle-of-the-road game. That's fair.
1: Yeah. If that's your goal, you should be thankful you're getting something that high.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I think it was like a 60 or 55-ish Metacritic for the PC version of Dead Effect 2. For something like that, that's not bad. That's not awful. No. It's not. It's not. No. How could you possibly expect more than that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I say, I I do feel a a degree of sympathy, as Jesse said, for them, and they shouldn't be punished for this especially considering they've walked it back but just don't i i understand look it's it's your baby we all kind of get that way about our content from time to time. we're all protective of it oh yeah? but you if you come out and say that you are just opening yourself to even more trolling if you genuinely believe that these reviews are trolls what what do you think is going to happen when you say something like this you've just made it out like you're sensitive to this stuff that means you've put a bullet you've put a bit a, a big target on your back now don't do that
2: it's not yeah. wise. Just take your lumps and yep. then move on. Just be like, all right, game. well, off to Dead Effect 3, and let's try to make that better.
0: Yeah, make make your next one. There's, I mean, You're not wrong. Dead there Effect
1: there. 3, Mass Space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Isaac sure. Shepard's back.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: By the way, the original Dead Effect shifted almost 200,000 copies on Steam. Fuck you for complaining about that. Wow. That's a good number.
1: Yeah, a, surprising.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they did a giveaway or whatever, but no, they they've got two hundred thousand owners for that game on Steam. So I don't that's think not, they're in It's a not bad at all compared
2: to most Steam games. That's phenomenal. So you guys, yeah. Should so yeah, count your blessings on this one.
0: <laughs> Indeed. All
2: right,
0: oh, that pretty much wraps the show up. Honestly, I'm looking. Uh, I'll just check through the releases to see if there's anything of real value i don't feel like doing 30 minutes of crap today uh the stuff that jumps out to me uh hive jump is out today which is a pretty cool looking four player co-op side scroller shooter with a few interesting unique mechanics and a uh, this overall online campaign map where you're battling against the aliens with everybody else which i thought was pretty neat i might look into that one that's out on steam today Mm -hmm. Uh, There is the release of Sanctus Reach, which is the new 40k strategy game in a few days. I have played the demo of that. It's not bad. I need to see more of it to see whether or not it's like really worthy of any other attention. Uh, Outside of that, uh, Urban Empire is coming out on the 20th, which is a pretty cool looking city builder. So you might want to have a look at that as well. I uh also big release next week i think yeah on tuesday is of course Resident evil 7
1: yo um, i'm yeah. hyped for that one legit yep. yeah
0: resident evil 7
1: i wasn't at first but now i am
0: yeah intrigued to see what's going to go on with that one so th- those are your those are your big releases i think coming your way a lot of the Dragon
1: quest 8 on 3ds is also out on friday cool it's if you miss 2 one yeah such a good game it's super good mm-hmm
0: Yeah, I think that that is about it in terms of the stuff that looks interesting. Cool. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. All right, let's wrap the show then. Thank you very much for watching. And a big thanks, of course, to our sponsor today, squarespace.com slash co-optional. Head over there for 10% off your first order. Go design yourself a website. I'm sure you can find a use for it one way or the other. But I'd love to know, Mr. Jared, what's coming up on your channels over the next couple of weeks?
1: Uh, well, the big ones right now is all the Switch stuff I've got on both my channels. Uh, over on my main channel, you can see my overall thoughts on the Nintendo Switch, which I already heard a lot of on here. Also, be sure to watch my full interview with Reggie Fils-Aimé, president of Nintendo of America. Uh, aside from that, coming up, would be Super Secret pro Jared videos, got a certain cartoon show is one I'm covering that's coming up, and then over on the gameplay channel. I want to I play through Resident Evil 7. I'll make that a series. I think will be fun very cool oh
0: uh quick announcement by the way because i just got this email in from amazon apparently the release date of yakuza 0 on ps4 has changed to january the 24th so it's actually out tuesday wow. oh yeah okay. okay might want to pay attention to that one the yakuza series is pretty great and yeah. Yeah. i think this is the first big effort they've had in a while to push it in the west so you might want to might want to keep an eye on that one runs at 62 which is nice rare rare to find one of those on playstation 4 these days yeah yep jesse what's coming on your channel this week what's going on
2: yo uh scary game squad resident evil 7 get ready for your butt for that that'll be fun and uh i'm out of the office while they make walls soundproof times a million so i don't know we'll stream like shantae or some crap and have fun and i'll just dick around and be stupid at home that's what i'm doing (laughs)
0: Cool. I um I'm straight after the show, diving right back into Long War Two to try and desperately get something out for tomorrow. But I will be streaming Long War Two tomorrow. Uh, That is the plan. Fully expect massive failure. That is not an easy game at all. (laughs) But yeah, I've I've been playing. I've got a 12, 13 hours I think on the press version of that mod now. It's a big deal. So I'll be doing content on that tomorrow. I do have my tournament coming up at the end of this month. Uh, we just reannounced the renewal of Shoutcraft Kings for 2017. We've increased the prize pool thanks to a new co-sponsor. We have Ting, who is a mobile phone provider in the United States, who are going to be co-sponsoring the event. So cool. $7,500 a month in prize money for StarCraft players. The first event will be on the 28th, at, starting at 8 a.m. Yep, it's early, uh, Eastern. So feel free to come along and watch that. If you miss it, the VODs will be available on youtube.com slash TotalBiscuit. Outside of that, probably a Halcyon 6 video coming at some point in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I still need to play Rise and Shine. Apparently, that's short as hell. You can be beaten in about two and a half hours, so it'll probably take me more like 10 because I'm terrible, but we'll give it a shot. And eventually, I'll probably play Hitman. Eventually, when I get around to it. Probably looking at Urban Empire as well. I do have a code for that too. Pit People as well. We need to play a little bit of Pit People. Hmm. Jesse, we should probably play some Pit People. It has co-op.
2: Done. Yeah, I was just looking at that on Steam.
0: Let's fucking do it this week. Let's actually do a co-op video. We haven't done one in ages.
2: Dude, I'm in. Sign uh, me up.
0: Looking at my schedule. Let's do it. What are you What are you looking at on Friday?
2: A whole bunch of nothing. You call me, I am right in, in. Pit People. Dude.
0: Let's fucking do it. Two-player Pit People. Sounds great. We'll either do it on stream or for a YouTube video, or probably both, because we really like money. So let's do that. Fantastic. Thank you very much for watching, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Corruptual Podcast. Big thanks to our guest today, Mr. Jared, a font of knowledge for the Nintendo Switch. Hopefully you leave this very informed. Do go watch the interviews. Go watch all the content over on his channel. It's been below his face for the last three hours. You can't miss it. Go do it. We're done. Thank you for watching. Big thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace, and we will see you next time. Goodbye!